This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. (laughs) How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Football Friday. Hell yeah. We got to talk about Kalani Sataki. We have got to talk about BYU. The Utes are on a bye. The Jazz are in uh, Timber Puppies land. Is Rudy Gobert a Utah Jazz legend? Jake says no. Um, You're going to hear some incredible Donovan Mitchell audio today. And we're going to ask you the question, has Kalani Sataki lost his BYU football team? Um, I think that's a very salient question right now. We'll talk about that on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at The Advocates. UtahAdvocates.com. Have you been hurt? Are you in an accident? Did you get hurt at work? That's right. Our good friends at The Advocates absolutely do workman's comp. Check them out online utahadvocates.com. Good morning, Jacob. Hello. Now listen. Yeah, yeah. I've warned you to behave yourself when we're starting this show, right? That's why you wind up with this camera angle. Because you won't put yourself in the right place. What? And you're just, you are absolutely a a degenerate child. What are you talking about? You won't get, you know, like, you guys have to understand. My job is very difficult. Dealing with millennials I mean, hell, you probably hate yourself just as much as I hate millennials, but well, that's fine. You know, learn to behave, grow I, up. I don't know how to do that. So you better I know. check yourself. Um, thank God it's Friday. Uh, I already see people asking why we are not in our new studio. Okay, let's let's you know, <clears throat> let's explain. Logistics happen. Launch codes. It took a little longer to get the studio wrapped. It took a little longer to. So we should be there Saturday night. Saturday night for the Utah Grizzlies post-game show, pre- and post-game show. We should be in our new studio. Yeah. And then the first Monty show will be Monday morning at 6. Now, that said, for all you going to the game tonight at the Mav, you will see the studio. You will. You will. Have a choice. It is sitting there. Yes, it is. So you'll be able to see it. We just haven't been able to quite get the last couple of details done. Yeah. So, but yesterday was pretty sick. We got some things done yesterday, so hopefully... Today we was can, it though? I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, admittedly, it was. It was cool to watch some some things happen at the studio. You know, rolling out some rugs. You know, wrapping some walls. Yeah, our friends at Cleaner done. Wraps came by, so everything's good. We're heading in the right direction. Yes, and that's exciting. Uh, also exciting is BYU being a full thirty-four point favorite over Liberty. I well, really don't care if you think it's us. It's actually not 34. It's seven. What? But for BYU, being a seven-point favorite feels like 34 for everybody else because it's been a rough month. Let's be honest. October's not been the best month ever for BYU football. And one of the things that uh, was interesting yesterday is we talked to a bunch of BYU alumni, and there is quite the bit of discontent amongst the alumni. And the question I think you have to ask, Jake, is, 
Do you believe that Kalani Sataki has lost the fan base in his football team? Well, I think the the, the fan base is is it's tough to gauge that. I mean, I, I I have no doubts that people think that you know Tuiaki should be fired and like you know there should be some major changes on the defensive side of the ball. And, and I don't even disagree with that. You know, I I, I can't say that I. You know, if, if you said to me, hey, if like Kalani, if Kalani came out tomorrow and said they're firing Tuiaki, I, I, I could get behind that logic. I, I understand where you're coming from on it. But as far as Kalani's concerned, I mean, I, I, I don't think that that he's lost the fan base. He certainly hasn't lost me. I, I am expecting some changes to happen, but he hasn't lost me yet. And more importantly, as far as the football team is concerned, I don't think Kalani has lost the football team yet. I, I, I think that the players understand that that, you know, Kalani is one guy. Uh, obviously, he is the head coach, but what, what you need to understand is that in, in the football world, it's not like, and this is what we kind of talked to Harris about earlier in the week when Harris Lachance, you know, BYU uh, offensive lineman comes on our show every Wednesday. You know, we asked him this week, like, hey, like, what's the vibe with Kalani right now? And and Harris straight up said, like, I, I, I don't get to see him and spend a ton of time with him, but I can tell you, that he's frustrated. So my point here is that the players know that Kalani is not amused right now. The players know that Kalani takes, you know, getting this team back on track very seriously. And so, no, I, I don't think that he's lost the players. But I think as long as you keep losing, as long as you keep having to go through the losing conversations that every sports team in any sport ends up having after you lose a game, that's not fun. So that's why I say... I think if 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 they can get the defense back on track, I think you can kind of salvage this season because I don't think there's any saving it with the expectations you had coming in, but I think you can salvage it at least. And so to me, that's why I think if you're if you're a player for BYU, you know you you still believe in what Kalani's doing. I think that's a very interesting point. Do you believe in what Kalani Sataki is doing? Now you also mentioned Elisa Tuiaki's name. And I actually think this is where the rubber meets the road in the BYU locker room because, um, you know, we told you earlier this week, we talked to a BYU football starter on defense who said that the, you know, the defensive side of the, the line is pretty frustrated and used the word, I believe it was disillusioned with the game plan on a week-to-week basis. Um, you know, yesterday, again, we were talking to a bunch of BYU heavy hitters, you know, talking about how, um, you know, in the second half of the Wyoming game, Kalani Sataki took over play calling on defense and they dominated. And it is disappointing to some people that Kalani won't take over play calling defensively full time. I, I don't know. I think this is a really critical tipping point, not only in this season, but in Kalani, Kalani Sataki's stay as the head coach at BYU football. Thanks. Because if Elisa Tuiaki is allowed to keep his job after this season, I think it's going to damage the program. Right now, I think you don't fire a guy like like Elisa Tuiaki in the middle of the season. You don't fire a guy for the sake of firing a guy. You don't fire a guy, in my opinion, to appease the locker room. I just don't think you do that. I think in the offseason, significant changes have to come to Kalani's staff. I, I just think this dysfunction, and we have talked for months now about the dysfunction um, in the athletic program and in the the what's the right way to say this? The business side with the athletic side, there is a lot of dysfunction at BYU right now. And I think some of that now is starting to trickle down into the football program. And you wonder about buzzwords like accountability. Is Kalani Sataki being held to account 
for the performance of this defense because he absolutely should be, but it doesn't seem like he is. And I think yeah. that, Jake, is where we start talking about is Kalani losing his football team? And I think on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, I actually think Kalani has lost some guys because he has not taken over play calling full-time. Yeah, I mean, I think that the, the defense is tough because you, you know, obviously with the way football works, like all these guys, like, so you have to understand that every single guy out there during the week, when they're, when BYU, when we talk about preparing for a football game, you know, defensive linemen, linebackers, you know, cornerbacks, safeties, they all have different, different rooms that they're in with their specific position coaches preparing for the game that they're going to play. And then all of those come together, right? All those guys are prepared for their specific job. You put all 11, all 11 of them on the football field, and they all do a job as a collective unit. The problem comes in, and the, and the issue right now that BYU defensively is having is mainstays on that defense do not agree with playing dime against Notre Dame and playing dime against these teams like Arkansas that have guys like Raheem Sanders in the backfield running it down your throat against DBs. They don't agree with that philosophy. And so that causes division. When you're playing football and you don't believe in the scheme, that's going to cause division. That's going to cause guys to be like, hey, what are we doing? Why, why? Like, I can only imagine there must be players who are like, why are we in this position? Why is this the call? Like, we see this all the time in sports. You know, who's taking the last shot? What pitch are we throwing? You know, who's playing goalie that night for the hockey team? You know? We see this all the time, but when you lose and you continue to lose, and again, I know it's only two games, right? Like, it's not like they've lost five in a row. It's only two games, but those two games happen to be the biggest two games of your season, in my opinion. Yeah. And so, with those being the biggest two games of your season, it feels like this big thing. It feels like this this program-wide issue, and that's why I think your point well, about you know defensive guys and Kalani is you know spot on. It feels like the world is ending. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And when you're now a full touchdown favorite on the road against Liberty, you have expectations to meet. And if they go to Liberty, if they go to Lynchburg, and they lose. I think you got to, and if it's the same story it was against Arkansas, because let's be honest about what happened with Arkansas. I don't think anybody has issues with the offense. Jaron looked very Jaron-like to me last week. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I felt like, you know, obviously Christopher Brooks didn't have a great game, but you're trailing in the second half. You're not running the football. I think you look at Cody Epps. I think you look at Puka. I think, I mean, you did a good job spreading the football around. The offense was fine. The defense was a complete and total failure. And so if you go to Liberty and that same thing's happening, who knows who's going to play? If quitter quarterback plays for them, you know, it's probably better for you. <laughs> yeah. But it's not like Liberty's going to roll over. I, I remind you, I go back to 2019 when you had a really tight contest with Liberty. You almost lost that game. So they're not going to roll over. And we played this video all week long about Hugh Freeze telling his Liberty Flames that this is the biggest game um, that they've ever had at home and the hotels are sold out, the stadium sold out, the streets are full, like talking about how BYU is the single biggest football game and that this is why he took the job and this is why you came uh, to Liberty to play football. Like all this stuff that Hugh Freeze is talking about, Yeah, the head, co the head coach at Liberty is Hugh Freeze saying that these are the games that we came here to play. And you're a seven-point home dog to BYU. Can BYU cover that number? It's not going to be easy. This is a game you better pay attention to because I think 
this could be the beginning of the end for Kalani Sataki and Eli Satuiaki. I'm telling you right now, if they lose this game, you have to start asking questions about Kalani Sataki's future. I, I don't see how you avoid it. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, if, if you're a 500 football team, and I don't care if you're bowl eligible because let's also get something else straight. None of us came here this season for BYU football to win six games and go to Jimmy's Whack Capicola Bowl. Fast. Like, nobody cares about going to mid-level bowl. Nobody, mid-level, low-level, hey, we need a team. Maybe that 500, you know, BYU team can can get involved. Yeah. Right? Like, that's not who this program's been. If you don't win the the rest of your games, I think you're in real trouble here. If you're going to lose to Liberties and Boise's of the world, you're in real trouble here. It, it doesn't matter if you're injured. Everybody's got injuries. You want to talk about the schedule in the bye week? Great. What are you going to say a year from now when you've got injuries because you're getting your ass handed to you in the, the Big 12 because Elisa Tuiaki is still dropping all 57 players that are on defense for BYU? Um, That's the question that has to be asked. Yeah, You can't keep doing, you know, like the popular buzz term these days is, you know, the, the hockey line change on defense last week. You can't keep swapping 11 for 11. This is not Pop Warner football. Mom's not paying for uniforms. Hell right, no. mom's not bringing orange slices to practice. Yeah, this is big time college football, yeah. and maybe, and I could be wrong about this. Maybe not everybody in Provo cares about big time college football, but I'm telling you right now, if BYU loses this game, I think you have to start looking at Kalani very critically, and I think you do not allow him. Listen, if Tom Homo had to fire uh, Ty Detmer as offensive coordinator. You can fire Elisa Tuiaki. I get it. We're buds. We're bros. I, I understand Everyone's it. Everyone's best friends. It's about winning football games. BYU's not here just to show up and compete. Sorry, folks. That's what it is. Okay. I don't know why I feel better now. I feel like... Well, dude, you, it's, it, you feel better because there, there need this conversation has to be had. Like, I, I think we have... I, I feel like a couple times a month we have the conversation around like, hey, BYU's too nice. Like, the culture at BYU is great. Like, make no mistake about it. They do have great culture. I love I love the messaging. Like, I love, obviously, everything they do with video and the media department. But when we get right down to winning football games and handling your business so that we can enjoy the media and we can enjoy all these other things that you do at your school, they're too nice about winning and losing football games. Like, everything you just said, I agree with. It's not about being friends. It's about winning. And, by yeah. the way... I do think that people are kind of avoiding this whole Big 12 thing. Hey, is it is it beyond everybody that you're heading into the Big 12, a conference that's way better than the schedule you're playing right now? Like, week in and week out, you're getting Baylor-level teams. Like, I hope everyone's on the same page with that. So this, this yeah, this drop eight stuff isn't going to work. And that's why I say, like, it just shouldn't be so hard to be like, yeah, hey, like, you get one more week, Tuiaki, to show me what you can do and bring out an actual game plan and a scheme? Because that's my single biggest issue. I feel like there's not a game plan and a scheme. I feel like it's, all right, we're just going to play this way. We're going to drop eight constantly because that's that's what we do. There isn't like, oh, it's third and five, and this guy is in the backfield. We're playing this kind of defense. That's what I don't like. I don't feel like they're prepared. I don't feel yeah. like they're ready. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Steve Smith gives us a $10 tip to ask, what are our thoughts on the CBS report about the Big 12 might have a TV deal done in a few weeks? Well, we can just stop at 
might have a TV deal done in a few weeks. We And we talked about this yesterday, like might be, could be, reports are, frankly, until it's done and until we know the details of it, the point that the speculating about it, because now everybody's talking about how it's a $20 million deal. Nobody in their right mind is signing a $20 million deal with ESPN right now. Yeah. Why would you do that? Like, it's ridiculous. It It is to speculate on things and... You know, like I've talked to people about this deal. It nobody nobody seems to believe that it's actually done. So I I'm not going to speculate and throw out wild you know things like it. There's just no point to it. There's no point to it. I don't care. Like John Canzano, who you know, frankly, smokes George Klyavkov's cigar for a living. Um, you know, can go and muse about whatever it is he wants to and spread <laughs> spread lies and misinformation about the Pac-12. Like I really don't care. Anybody that thinks half of the Big 12 is leaving the Big 12 to go to the Pac-12, I, I just don't see how that's possible. And I don't see how it's possible that, you know, like you look at all these, if they're all rumors, It's just rumor man. mill. It's rumor that's mill it. and speculationville. And that's why, like, <clears throat> that's why you notice, like, you can put some dots together with this stuff as far, like, generally in the big picture. Like, we've had great conversations about you know, the Big Ten and, and, and like, ESPN getting the SEC rights. And, like, you like so those things you can kind of have good conversations about. But but to speculate about, like, the Big 12 and, and what's happening, I just think it's too early. Like, when the report says, hey, it, it could be done in a few weeks, okay, great, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Like, that's yeah. – I just don't think it's, like, smart to speculate about it. Right, and I don't understand why there's such an appetite to, you know, to just straight make things up. Like, it – that's the hard part. And I like Dennis Dodd a lot. He, he could be absolutely right. He could be absolutely right. I don't know if he's absolutely right. But what we've seen is that what we know is that when you go back and listen to, you know, the the Wilner Kinzano podcast where they absolutely filleted George Klyovkov yeah. during that interview. Yeah. Um, like it I mean, it was it was garbage. It was a complete waste of time, that interview. Um, it wasn't an interview, it was a hit piece, it was a PR job. Like you can't trust the information that's coming out in the media now. Like, yeah, it's and it's really unfortunate because I really like John Wilner. I respect his work. It's disappointing that that was allowed to go on, that there were no critical questions or follow-ups on that podcast. I can't listen to them ever again. Well, and I think what makes it worse is that, you know, in the following two weeks or so, you know, since that's come out, it's become very clear that George Klyovkov is not being honest, is not being truthful. No about you know like we i know it's always tongue-in-cheek on the show now about the back of the envelope calculations thing but it's just the best example of what the pac-12 and george klavkov is doing george klavkov said and i think we may still have it i think we still have it um it george klavkov said of ucla that you know he did some back of the envelope calculations and it's like are we really doing back of the envelope calculations yeah when we're talking about people's yeah you know lives and livelihoods like and unfortunately, I, I don't think we have it anymore. But it, it it's just so, it's so ridiculous. The commissioner of the Pac-12 talking about the livelihoods and the well-being of student athletes that it's his job to protect. Right. Made up lies and, and has no, you've done no forensic accounting. Whatever. And you you did back of the envelope calculations. His words, not mine. Yeah. George Klyovkov told the Stooges in... 
you know, the, the Pac-12 that he did back of the envelope calculations, the Pac-12 is an embarrassment. Yeah. He is desperate to save uh, UCLA. He is desperate to do whatever he can do to save a dying conference. And guys like Kenzano and Wilner gave him a platform to come on and absolutely orally pleasure um, Pac-12 presidents. That's because you know. that's all he did. Yeah. That's all he did is is he had no facts. He had no hard numbers. Nothing. Nothing at all. He had not, none of that. Just back-of-the-envelope calculations. Yeah, and you know what he did have? He did have this this whole angle about how UCLA and USC are not going to be able to offset their costs by going to the Big Ten, even though what happens when UCLA football is good? Who knew, right? Who knew? You, oh, UCLA football is 6-0 or whatever the hell they are now, right? Oh, people are going to show up when they win football games? Imagine that, right? The wild swings and guesses about what these contracts are going to be per year per school is yeah it, it i when you see people like oh it's only 20 million dollars stop you're casual stop yeah yes yes the big 12 is gonna is gonna cut its current per school revenue by 50 percent so that they can <laughs> what are you talking about man yeah. Yeah. like it, it just it's ridiculous so anyway i appreciate the tip steve smith but yeah, thanks for derailing the show. I guess that is what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Utah Jazz NBA talk coming up. Um, we have to talk about Russell Westbrook at, at 630. Like I, I don't even yeah. I don't even know what that was. I have no idea what that was. Mike Chase, first in this morning, says, Morning, fellas. Happy Friday. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Hopefully BYU can turn it around. Yeah, hopefully they better. Uh, top of the morning, fellas, can I says I, uh, BYU loses a game. Should they just focus on next season? I, I mean, I don't know what you do. If you're BYU, you're a seven point favorite on the road at Liberty. Yeah. If you lose this game, it's, it's a catastrophe. Like, I think if you lose this game and I'm not even trying to be fire the coach guy, if you lose this game, you got to start looking at Kalani Sataki very critically. Yeah. If you lose this game the way you lost the Arkansas game, I think you fire Elisa Tuiaki on the tarmac. You lane Kiffin that guy. Damn. You lane train that dude. You do. You have to. Why do you? Why do you? So why do you think they should do it that way? You because know I mean? you have to make a statement. Yeah. You have to let people know this is not who BYU football is. Because the other thing that I think is a real problem, this is who BYU football is. It is. This yeah, is 52-35. This is we can't stop anybody. We're not using our athletes correctly. We're not putting our guys <clears throat> in position to succeed. Yeah. And in my mind, that's who BYU is becoming. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the tough part is, is like when we – I even go back to the Oregon game. I mean, you know, I know everyone wants to talk about Notre Dame and, and Arkansas, but – Go back to the Oregon game. You know, like, how disappointing was the Oregon experience for the fan base? Because that's really where all oh. this started. I mean, it, I mean, if we're being honest, like, that's where all of this started. When you went to, you know, when you went up there to play Oregon and you got, you got, you know, your ass you got kicked, run over like, by you got run. You got run over by Bo Nix. Yeah. But you can almost take the Bo Nix loss, right? It wasn't the Oregon loss. It was the Bo Nix loss. Yeah. You can almost take the Bo Nix loss and say, okay, you know, hey, that's a huge game. You know, Oregon now has proven themselves to be very good. They've got UCLA and Eugene this weekend. Like, you could almost handle that loss. But when you lose to a mediocre Notre Dame team, and then you turn around and you hand Arkansas a win, 
and you sputter against Wyoming and Utah State. That's where it becomes a little less palatable to lose the way you lost to Notre Dame, to lose the way you lost to Arkansas, to play the way you played against Wyoming and Utah State even though you got the wins. That's where it's like, yeah, I can't write off that Oregon loss anymore. Yeah. Because this is who we are. This is why we don't play good defensive football. And it's defensive football. We can, you know, bloviate about play calling with A-Rod and, okay, cool. Offense is not the problem. You have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yep. Defense is the problem on this team. Yep. There's just, there's just no doubt about it. Uh, Teddy Wayman, good morning to you. Dax Johnson says, morning, what's up with all the soaking talk yesterday? Where can I find support group for it? Yeah, well, <laughs> dude, <clears throat> dude, dude, that dude, what D- dude, Dax, please don't soak your Johnson. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, good morning, Dax. Uh, Dax says, I'm listening to the show on podcast at the job most days. And when the soaking segment came on yesterday, I got all the looks. Well, listen, <laughs> listen, man. Are you, well, hold on. So wait, are you inferring that you listened to the whole soaking segment on a loudspeaker so everyone could hear it? Is it, is that the inference that I'm, that I'm sensing here? Uh, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Did you really listen to that on a speaker? <laughs> Bro, do you not have Dude, headphones? you're so awesome, man. That's amazing, Dax. <laughs> that's amazing. Cody Strickland says Lakers look like trash. I'd be, I would be impressed if the Jazz record was better than them. By the way, aren't you guys supposed to be at the Maverick Center? Thanks, Cody. Cody, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Jesse Harsh says Kalani should have learned more from the Ty Detmer situation. I hope the Tuiaki situation helps him more. Love the guy. I mean, everybody loves Kalani. It's not a personal thing. He's a good human being. But when you're <clears throat> Business is business, man. Like, but yeah, that this whole Tuiaki relationship thing has become a problem. Let's be yeah. honest; it is, it is an issue when you're not willing to lessen the impact of your defensive coordinator because he's your best friend. That's what it looks like. Mm. That's what it looks like. Mm. And I think when you look, at, and the issue is, That's an is issue. it the defense and the position has been bad? The defensive line has been a real issue for this team. And that's a Tuiaki thing. And the defense has been bad. That is entirely a Tuiaki thing. And you haven't been willing to do anything about it. Well, and I have to be honest, you know, it's really interesting <clears throat> to me anyway that we have this dynamic specifically with the defense where the first half they'll get run out of the building and then in the second half, they're fine. Like they hold their own, like everything's cool, we're good. And it begs a question, at least for me anyway, of how much play calling Kalani has actually done. Like, I, I mean, I have to imagine on some level Kalani's done some play calling, and I'm just curious, like, because it kind of feels like to me for Kalani anyway that the whole play calling thing is something that he's kind of had to keep under the rug because he doesn't want it to he's blow up into this thing. He's had to keep it under the rug. Yeah, like he's had to hide it because he doesn't want want it to blow up Well, in the he certainly space. has gone out of his way. Not to say that he's calling plays. Yeah, and so like it's it's it, that's what fuels the whole. Hey, you and Tuiaki are super close, and you care more about being best friends than playing good defense. Narrative, you know, because I don't think that's entirely true. I do think there's some truth to it, eh. but I think there's politics at play. There isn't any setting, and so that's why 
I don't know. I just I, that's why I say he's got to Kalani's got to put this to bed. That's where he will run into issues. If you allow this to continue and you don't put it to bed, then you're gonna you're you're gonna be in trouble. Yeah, I don't know what you do with Elisa Tuiaki. My guess is that you either demote him or I, I mean I can't see him just out and out firing him. Why do you think that though? Because I I feel like we're approaching that very quickly. Well, I mean I I think you should have fired him after last year. I mean, this is well, not new. Um, it's only gotten worse because, I mean, you're getting exposed by the caliber of talent you're going up against. Um, it's no surprise that you are beating Wyoming and Utah State mm -hmm. and you're losing to Notre Dame and Arkansas. That's not surprising to anybody. So we'll see. Uh, a couple more, then we got to get to the Jazz. Roy Wall says his staff is a mess. The defensive side of the ball has to be overhauled. Uh, I think we all agree with that. Uh, Go Black 45 says, I think the two years, he gets two years in the Big 12 to build up the roster to adjust to it. But after that, with no improvement, he's gone. I, I think that's absolutely, pro that's probably true. Yeah. Probably true. Um, Dax says, I'm, I will say I'm generally an optimistic uh, guy about BYU and the way they play, but holy damn it to hell. The last few weeks have been so frustrating they get, uh, they got recruit better on D when they get into the Big Twelve. Well, I mean, it would be nice if they would pick up their recruiting, but the talent's not the problem. Yeah, I'm a big believer in the schematic dysfunction of this team. Like the X's and O's on defense are the problem. You have plenty of talent. You have enough talent to cover in the secondary, yet you're constantly in dime. Yeah, you're constantly in zone. Um, you're dropping eight. Like it just doesn't make any sense. You're not blitzing. You're not exotic. You don't like you don't do the things that you need to do. You're asking Tyler Batty to drop into coverage. What sense does that make? Yeah. What sense does that make? It makes no sense. And then you're gonna sit here and try you know, and but, sell us something about how, hey, teams move very fast, so that doesn't allow us to do anything exotic on defense. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is, yeah, we'll see. <clears throat> Hi. Uh, Neville Landy three says, would BYU be effective if they keep losing? No. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know what you do if you, I mean, you, they won't keep losing. Uh, Boyd Lake says NIL has changed how we look at D one football, less grace and patience from the fans than before. But let, let's also be really honest. BYU fans can be miserable. Yeah. BYU fans. I mean, it's it's why you can never, you can't go on Cougar board. Yeah, you, Twitter is a disaster. Like, you just, it is a deep it real. You know, yesterday we were talking to a booster who was like, "Yeah, it's it's a cesspool." Like BYU fans can just be terrible. Yeah, and and misery loves company, right? They so, do. You know, and there's a lot of company and a lot of misery. <laughs> And it's unfortunate. There's a ton of BYU fans, and most of them are miserable right now. Yeah, and I think it's just – I think that the, the program needs direction. And what I mean by that is one way or the other, right, you got to take – you got to put – it's almost like a running back. You got to put your foot in the ground here. You, you, you got to decide, okay, Chuiaki is going to, you know, coordinate the rest mm. of this season, and then we'll we'll decide what to do. Or we're gonna move on from him now. Like you have to, you're you're at this fork in the road. I I, I really feel like this for Kalani. You're at this fork in the road where you have to decide which way do we want to go here and just yeah. go in that direction because then at least even if you are losing, you have direction and people can follow that. 
right now I feel like you're just in this gray area where you're floating, and that's why that's why you would lose a locker room <laughs> if you have. Yeah, uh, My Monty fan says all fans at any fan base can be terrible. Truth. Uh, that's because people are people and some people just suck. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Eric and Raleigh says cougar board. Yeah. Cougar board is not a, uh, female adult dating site. <laughs> it is a, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. It's a fan community. It's a place where you go to complain about football. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, I, it's just fans ripping. It's BYU's football. Reddit, essentially. I would agree. There's there's a good thing. I haven't been there in quite a while, so I don't know exactly how you would describe the latest state of Cougar Board, but, you know. But generally speaking. Boyd Lake says a talent level at BYU is enough to do a lot better than they are. That's why what fans are seeing, at least those who know what to look for. Right. Well, there you go. There you go. All right. We'll come back. Uh, Connor Tulin says, are you guys starting at eight now? Connor, bro, what do you do? Six. Bro. We start at... You must be not in our time zone. We start at 6 Mountain, 8 Eastern. Uh, we've been doing I mean, that's been for a long time now. Yeah. So there you have it. All right. Let's switch gears a little bit uh, and get you into the NBA. Talk a little bit of uh, Utah Jazz Basketball. basketball. Uh, our Jazz Talk is presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. All I'm asking you to do is go there. Register for the free webinar and make a decision. It's free. It's no obligation. You want to change your life? You want to get off the hamster wheel of looking for that side hustle that'll you know, bring prosperity? Stop looking and start doing. Tridaytrading.com is your solution. Um, jazz and Timber Puppies tonight. I'm sorry. Did you say Timber Puppies? I did, in fact, say Timber Puppies. I hate the Timberwolves. Okay. I, I, I just do. I think... I've always hated the Timberwolves. And it goes back to Soda and Kevin Garnett. And Soda! Anything is possible as long as I'm a Celtic, not a Timber puppy. Right. Uh, you know, all of that. Uh, Rudy Gobert and the Minnesota Timberwolves prepare to host the not normal Utah Jazz. Right. Who are supposed to be tanking. Remember, they're trying to lose every game. and Right. They have a direction. Yeah, and then they opened the season and didn't lose very well. They beat the Denver Nuggets the other night. They are a healthy, healthy eight-and-a-half-point dog tonight in yeah. Minneapolis. Can the Jazz continue to play this way, the way that they played on opening night? I mean, I, I, I yeah, I think they're going to keep playing that same style of basketball, but the difference is going to be that, that teams are not going to miss all those opportunities the Nuggets miss. That's the thing. Like, you still turned it over a ton of times. You still you know, did what bad teams do, you know, and I think that the Nuggets just didn't make you pay. And and furthermore, I think that, you know, when you look at teams like the Timberwolves, they are a team that can out-athlete you, you know, with Anthony Edwards and you've got D'Lo and you've got, you know, obviously Cat and obviously Rudy. Like, you've got a robust starting five there. And I think that this is a game, you know, that I... I, I I said they wouldn't win on opening night, and I look like an idiot now, but I just can't believe you'd go on the road and beat this this T-Wolves team. I, I, I don't see any way that's possible. So, yeah, I think the, the, the Jazz and Will Hardy are going to keep playing that same style, the up-tempo, moving the basketball, looking for opportunities, but you can't tell me that, that this good of a team is going to lose to the Jazz. I just don't see that. Uh, I would have to agree with that, I think. 
It certainly was not a fluke. And I want to be careful saying, oh, well, what happened on opening night was a fluke. It was not a fluke. They played really good basketball. They played Tenacious D. That's a music group, too. Are we clear on that? You know. Anyway, they played Tenacious D. I thought they, they shot the ball better than advertised. They got great contributions from guys like Rudy Gay, Malik Beasley, Walker Kessler with a double-double. How about that? You know, look, I think they played really good basketball. Can they flip that script on the road and do the same thing? We'll see. But there's no reason to believe that this team is a, you know, a 20-win team anymore. Mm. And I think when you look at a team like, you know, Minnesota, who is expected to do big things in the West this year and compete for a conference championship, this is a real measuring stick. And obviously, you would expect the Timberwolves to win this game, or at least that I would. But you would also expect a high level of compete from this Utah Jazz team, Jake. And I think that's what you really need to see tonight. Yeah, and I think that's the identity of this team. You know, like having, you know, been able to sort of digest the Nuggets game a little bit and, you know, just think about it. Like, that's the identity of the team. There, I mean, obviously, every NBA team goes through shooting highs and shooting lows, you know. But this team is going to work hard. This team is going to always be uh, tenacious on the defensive end. And I think that that will afford them a lot of extra opportunities that that teams before them never would have seen because right. they're not playing that level of defense. They're not, they're not, or at least they're not putting that level of effort into defense. So that's why I say, like, I, I, I will maintain the core fundamentals and the pillars of this Will Hardy-led team are always going to be up tempo and fundamentals yeah. and pillars of this yeah, team. Yeah, dude, like we're we're going to play fast. In our country, we fly the stars and bars and That's the right, American team. eagle and and stuff. God bless America. Right. That was very like political yeah. vote for vote for Jakey. Yeah, you know. The pillars and tenets of our presidency. Yeah. Uh, you have to say now though, that you are impressed with Will Hardy, right? I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, I think tonight's game is another opportunity though, for him to impress because you know, okay. So it's like you did that at home. What does the road look like? Cause uh, again, this is a good team you're playing again. You're not, this is like, obviously they have, you know, championship aspirations here. So it'll be interesting to see like, okay, when the Timberwolves go on a 15-0 run or a 10-0 run, mm -hmm. what is the bounce back like of this team? That Those are the things that I'm looking for. I don't really care if Colin Sexton scores 25 a night or 10 a night. I want to see what the culture is like because that's ultimately what you're trying to do here with tearing a team down and building a team back. Like, isn't that what you're leaning on? Isn't that what you're falling back on? Oh, I think on? so. Yeah, I think so. Like, and, I mean, you, you look at what this team's been through the last six months with trades and – getting run out of the playoffs and Rudy's gone and Don's gone and your mom's gone. Like you, you, you don't know this team anymore. So yeah, they're establishing themselves as professionals, as, as a group of professionals. So I would expect a high level of compete. I mean, all I care about is ball movement, defense, want to, um, you know, and, and growth. Yeah. Because I also think Walker Kessler versus Rudy Gobert is a, is a pretty interesting match. That's going to be interesting. I mean, Rudy's out for blood. But Walker Kessler can play a little bit. He doesn't have to bang down low to do it. So we'll see if the Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns, um, you know, I dare I say Terrence Mann situations repeat themselves. <laughs> I mean, we'll see how the Jazz handle Rudy Gobert. I mean, it's going to be very interesting. But I also want to see more rotation. I want to see Jordan Clarkson pass the ball, frankly. Yes. I mean, I, I, I really, I think that's one of the big things that stood out to me um, about this team is that you know, the one 
handicap is going to be when Hero Ball shows up. Mm-hmm. And all Jordan Clarkson has done for the last three years on this team is play Hero Ball. Yeah. Is he going to pass the ball and become a team player? I don't know. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Jordan Clarkson can be your all-star. You know, he's definitely capable of that. But I, I, I agree that there needs to be – like, I'm not going to say sit here and say that Jordan Clarkson's not bought into the system. I think he's bought into the system, but I think the issue is because of all the hero ball, naturally when he's out there, his instinct is to go and score the basketball. That Like, that's what he's been told and directed to do for so long – that situationally speaking, that's what he does. So it's easy to say, hey, we need you to move the ball more, but that's something that Jordan's going to have to work on. Like, you're going to have to work on not just trying to go one-on-four in the paint, getting stuck in the paint because you picked up your dribble, and then trying to pass out because that's where the turnovers come from. So, you know, that's the struggle. All right, before we get your comments, I want to play this Donovan Mitchell sound because this is fascinating. So Donovan Mitchell went on the old man in the three podcast with J.J. Reddick, and he talked a lot about the COVID situation. For those of you who don't remember, the Jazz were kind of the epicenter of COVID in the NBA. Right. Rudy Gobert is believed to be the first player to test positive, even though he probably was not. Uh, But back in those days of COVID, we had no idea, right? The coronavirus. So listen here as Donovan Mitchell talks about how the Jazz handled that night in Oklahoma City. We were in the locker room for nine hours after the game. We were in, I'm sorry, what? We were in the locker room for nine. Because <laughs> first of all, the Oklahoma didn't want us like to go anywhere. Right. They didn't want like, y'all back at a hotel. People weren't wearing masks. This is like when they're telling you to, to wash your hands. Right. A lot. To wash your hands to like to, to like happy birthday or whatever, yeah. like whatever it is. So we're in the locker room for nine hours. We get tested. And this was the original test, the one that is all the way up here, like touching up on the skull. Like yeah. it was, it was a lot, and it wasn't. We were, I wouldn't say it was panic in the locker room. It was just like, what can we do? Like we're just here, and you know, CP. Thank God, shout out to CP. Gave us sent 15, 15 bottles of wine oh, um, that night. So we had food, and then we won. That's so the we, first I'm hearing of this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got drunk. I'm not gonna lie to you. We, we got drunk because we're just like, all right. So there's definitely no game. Like we're not playing for a while. And they're in a moment where you can't. Everybody's calling. Everybody's calling. We're on FaceTime with everybody. Anybody you could think of is calling everybody in this locker room. And we're sitting there like, like we just don't know what's going to happen. Like we're, we're trying to drink to not be scared. Like, you know what I mean? Like in one of those moments, you just help us. First of all, Chris Paul giving them 15 bottles of wine to get them drunk was amazing. <laughs> That's why Chris Paul's a beast. But what do you do? You're stranded in Oklahoma City of all places. Yeah. You you can't be in your hotel. Yeah. Nobody will give you a private jet. I agree. You get drunk. You yeah. get drunk not to get scared. And I, I just think it's crazy insight to what actually happened. Yeah, dude. And by the way, if you don't listen and subscribe to JJ Reddick's podcast, you're dumb. Yeah. Because it's phenomenal. Um, but I think the real interesting thing here is, is that there's some contrition from Donovan Mitchell about the fact that this is not Rudy Gobert's fault. Listen to this bite right here where Don talks about how mad he was in the moment at Rudy Gobert. When you tested positive, were you scared shitless? Or did you kind of feel like, all right, I'm going to be all right because I'm young? I was angry. I'm um, not going to lie to you. I mean, it came, the report. I would say out of all the media reports that have ever come out about me, Rudy, and the team, that was probably the most accurate. I was mad. I thought, I thought at the time, because we didn't know, I thought because Rudy was around doing whatever, that 
that was the reason I got him. Now we we don't know. Like I could have given it to him without contact. Like whatever whatever it was, we don't we don't know now looking back at it. But at the time, I was like, all right, like mom says because we had just left New York. We had the East Coast trips. So we did New York, Boston, um, and somewhere else. Um, and then we came home for a game, and then we went to uh, OKC. So we had just had that trip. So once I found that I had it, um, I called my mom and sister, like, look, we got to find a way to get you guys. Because they're in Connecticut. So Connecticut rules are different than Utah rules. I fly right home. So I don't go back to Utah. I fly right to Connecticut to be my mom and my, and my sister. Um, and just sitting there. I didn't get any symptoms. I'm sitting there panicking. They shut down the Adidas headquarters because I saw people from Adidas. They shut down the school that I went to because the varsity basketball team came to the game. They shut down the Encore in Boston because I went to the casino to, to play roulette for like five minutes. Um, they shut down a lot of places just because I was around. And that's when I felt like like the world was just watching me and Rudy. Dude. Dude. The coronavirus. crazy. That is crazy. And again, it's JJ Reddick's podcast, The Old Man in the Three. I mean, it's fantastic. Uh, you should go and subscribe to it. I listen to it every week. I, I just, it's really good. But Donovan Mitchell talking about the fact that he he shut down Adidas, his old high school, the Encore Casino in, in Boston. Like, I mean, that's where we were as a country. And now you understand what they went through. Yeah. I just think it's fascinating. Yeah. I think it's absolutely fascinating that we had no idea about any of that. He never comes back to Salt Lake City. He just goes home to Connecticut, which is what all the players did. And you know what, man? It was terrifying to hear him, to hear Don talk about that. The thing that's so crazy is I remember being scared of scared of the virus. I remember that. I think we all were scared of the virus. Yeah. I remember that parking lots were empty. Streets were empty. Um, like nobody was out. Nobody was going to work. Like nothing. It was crazy times, like, and to hear that that guys like Don really struggled, that's to, that's so relatable because yeah. I think we all went through that. Yeah, and I think when you when you look back as a jazz fan, and you just think about all the conversations and all the the little nuances, if you follow the team closely between Don and Rudy, and like just the dysfunction of it's that incredible, group, like that's what stood out to me about Don's comments, like. Like, we knew what we knew before he went on J.J. Reddick's podcast. Like, we knew there was some dysfunction and Rudy was a locker room problem. We knew that. But then you combine the, that knowledge with what Don just explained. Like, it's crazy. Like, there's literally, uh, and again, you should go and listen to it, but there's a part where Don talks about the fact that when they were finally able to leave the arena, their bus driver was in a full hazmat suit moving them. <laughs> like, it was, like, that's so what they, you're talking about. they get on the bus to go back to the hotel from the arena. They had been in the locker room for nine hours. They are drunk on Chris Paul's wine. <laughs> CP3, Chris Paul gave them 15 you know. bottles of wine. They're drinking in the locker room. They get on the bus, and the bro driving the bus is in a head-to-toe hazmat suit. Yeah. How crazy is that? You're drunk on wine, and now you're in a bus driven by a guy in a hazmat suit. I... I cannot even imagine the visuals. Uh, what and what is in your mind? You're wine drunk. <laughs> You're like, uh, all right. Well, if I die today, I die. <laughs> if I die, I die. Nice time. <laughs> I'm ready for paradise, right? Like, I mean, 
<laughs> it, it's amazing to me. It is absolutely amazing to me. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get back to NBA talk uh, coming up here in just a few minutes, but we got to get to football 50, 10 of the hour. Every hour on the Monty Show, it is the biggest stories in football, both college and the NFL, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Hey, friends, use the promo code MONTY25. Make sure you tell them, hey, I heard about you guys on the Monty Show. Always appreciate you guys uh, showing some love to the sponsors who make this show possible. Um, I don't even know what you say about this game last night with Arizona and New Orleans. The game doesn't even matter. Arizona won 42-34. DeAndre Hopkins is back. Everything's yeah. right in the world. Yeah. Little Kyler, the angry Smurf, is yelling and Verticality. screaming. At Cliff Kingsbury. At what point can we say this is not Cliffy's fault that Kyler Murray is a, is a child? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's very clear after that outburst last night, and I think that Kyler is very entitled, and we've heard this about him, you know, for, you know, essentially since he came into the league. I mean, we've heard many times that, Kyler Murray likes himself a lot of Kyler Murray, you know. So to me, I don't know, man. I, I, I like if you're the Cardinals, you're you're all the way in on Kyler and Cliffy. Yeah, you, know, you are. Like you're you're you're. I mean, in they both on, have big extensions. Yeah, like you you you're going in on this grouping, and so to me, it's like I don't know. You got to figure it out because again, you've suffered some injuries here, and then you went and picked up Robbie Anderson. So like clearly, the Bidwell family. Uh, and by extension, Steve Kime are are funding the, you know, are, are funding the build of what they want to be a Super Bowl team. But but I have to agree with you. Like, I, it's crazy that you're doing this with a guy, all jokes aside, who is not even close to as tall as an average NFL quarterback, right? Like, that's the insane thing. So I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think it's a recipe for success, but... I do think Kyler's arrogance and his childish behavior definitely attributes to their struggle. I think he has been – no, you know what contributes to their struggle? The fact that he's not a very good quarterback. He is an average quarterback, and I will again say I see nothing special or unique about Kyler Murray. I just don't. I think if DeAndre Hopkins is your key to success, then DeAndre Hopkins is your key to success. It's not little Kyler. It is DeAndre Hopkins then. Yeah. The issue is, is he's immature, as you said. He's childish, as you said. He's the reason that they lose games. His decision-making is why they lose games. His lack of understanding, spiking a ball on third down with 30 seconds to go, forcing you to kick a long field goal, is not on Cliff Kingsbury. That's on Kyler Murray. I don't know how else to yeah. how else you can spin it. 100%. Um, then you have the Carolina 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 Panthers trading Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. Yeah, so here's what I don't like about this. You gave up a ton of picks to get this guy in NFL terms. And yes, you Christian did. McCaffrey is one of the most injury-plagued players the NFL has ever seen. And to me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. You're winning football games with Jimmy G. And to me... You're able to move on from the Trey Lance situation because he's out for the year and Jimmy G can just step in. And now what you've done is you've traded your future essentially for a guy in CMC who most people are saying that this was going to be his last year in the league if he couldn't stay healthy. Like teams are over Mr. I get hurt all the time guy. And I only play like three games a year. They're over it. So I, I don't like this at all. I, I think it's a I think it's a big time mistake and I don't think it's worth it. Well, I can tell you that the other talking point that I think needs to start happening is 
I think there is a, a big misconception that the San Francisco 49ers are some great organization. You made a huge mistake in Trey Lance. You made a huge mistake with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And I think you've made a pretty big mistake with Christian McCaffrey because there's no reason to believe that he's going to stay healthy. And when he's healthy, he's absolutely a dominator. He's never healthy. So what good is it? Your best ability is your availability. Water's wet and Christian McCaffrey's hurt. Yeah. That just is what it is. And I understand that you need help in the backfield. But here's the other question. I Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Are we really investing multiple draft picks into running backs anymore when you've been able to rotate backs every year? And the funny thing is that the 49ers are saying that, well, you know, we need consistency and continuity in the backfield. No, you don't actually. Not in today's NFL, you don't. You need a goddamn quarterback who can play the position and you don't have one. Yeah. And because guess what? Jimmy G, water's wet and Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt. Yeah. Trey Lance is not NFL ready and I don't know that he'll ever be. You sold out for a running back who's probably only going to play half of the games that are left and you still don't have a, a, a solution at quarterback. Facts. Like that's the... like. The San Francisco 49ers are living on a dream that they somehow are still Bill Walsh's 49ers. They're not. They're not. And Kyle Shanahan's not Mike Shanahan. And I get it. It's everybody talking about, well, you know, Mike Shanahan and Christian McCaffrey's dad, Ed McCaffrey, and now who cares? I don't care about synergy. I care about winning. Yeah. This team's not winning with Christian McCaffrey. They're not winning because they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a head coach, and they have a general manager that hasn't done a good job of bringing in talent. Yeah. It's that simple. So you can have Christian McCaffrey, but here's the here's the real tough question to get away from. If Christian McCaffrey's 100%, are you a Super Bowl championship team? I think it's close, yeah. Well, then you're close, relying yeah. on Jimmy Garoppolo because if Agreed. he gets hurt, yeah. you're screwed. Well, and that's the play they've made, right? That's the bet they've made, which is like, yeah. hey, Jimmy G got us to the Super Bowl, you know, a couple years ago or whenever that was. We're trying to replicate that now, and and I agree with you. They, it, it is a misconception that there's some great organization. Trey Lance, Jimmy G, Christian McCaffrey, you know, the lack of drafting, like you, you, the mistakes in the draft, like you're doing things to torpedo an organization that really should have dominated the NFC West for yeah. like a decade. Yep. All right. Let's get your thoughts in here on the 49ers, on CMC, on little Kyler. Wow. Boyd Blake. Uh, baby-headed Kyler for the win. Right. Right. Uh, NY Monty fan says, Andy Dalton with six touchdowns. Wow. He still has it. Too bad two of those were for Arizona. <laughs> well, the one wasn't his fault, though. Like, he hit the receiver in the hand. Well, well stats are stats, you know? The stats sec- are stats. The second one was absolutely his fault. Yeah. Yeah. Um, imagine what the Jazz players were going through at that time. Crazy. Back to the NBA. We got to talk about the Lakers and Russ coming up here in about five minutes. ABC says, love those memes after the NFL cards were early uh, 22 playoff loss to the Rams. Seriously. Yeah. At what point do you start saying that Kyler Murray is the problem in Arizona? Did I you, think you have to soon. Like, I did think you stop the music? Yeah, I did. Why? I thought we were transitioning. No? No. Oh, okay. What you, what you, All right, let me start you, back up here. Okay. What are you doing? Right. Sorry, my bad. My what bad. You? Sorry, guys. Where's Tanner Plummer? We need our executive producer in here to slap you in the face. Thank you. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, Andy put them in a deep hole. Well. Okay. Erica Rowley says, too much Xbox for little Kyler, and Kyle Shanahan's system eats up running backs, too. Yes, it does. 
Uh, ABC says uh, Kyler's suburban home, Allen, well, Allen, Texas, uh, is wealth entitled Central, one of the tonier suburbs north of Dallas. Allen's home is a fifty-eight is home to a fifty-eight million dollar high school football stadium. Yeah, I saw that story a while yeah. ago. Uh, NY Monty fan says Jimmy G and Grandma's uh, Capicola with a side of pasta. Meh. <laughs> Every team in the NFC West is three and three. Now that's mediocrity. Totally yeah. mediocrity. Yep. Teddy Wayman says 49ers going to be scary good if he can stay healthy. But but again, I, I, I when I is he ever? Yeah, like I don't disagree with you, Teddy. But how again, how have we gotten so far away in football, both at the NFL level and in college football with BYU? How have we gotten so far away from just looking at it factually? No the guy idea. can't stay healthy. Tuiaki can't run a damn defense. Like, let's make a decision. Wow, did you just let's, rip Tuiaki yes, talking yes, Christian yes, McCaffrey? I did. Yes, I did. Because you have to take direction here and make choices. Wait, like, let me uh, hang on one second, please. Got to get your, uh, where's that graphic with your Twitter on it? Uh, go ahead and find Jake on Twitter. Hate on him, Cougar Nation. Yeah. Hey, SLCJ. Do it, please. My Twitter <laughs> needs love. Your, your Twitter does need love. Yeah, I'm not a Twitter guy at all, bro. I'm not. Your Twitter does need love. The show needs love. Please give us a like uh, right now on this show. Uh, appreciate you guys being here. Uh, appreciate everybody who watches the show. Uh, please hit that thumbs up. Appreciate you. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says Cougar Nation. <laughs> yeah. I agree. All right. Uh, football 50, 10 of the hour. Every hour. Uh, on the Monty Show is presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25, one of your last weekends in October, uh, to get yourself a Jacko Pizza. 911, what's your emergency? Something is in my house. I'm sorry, say again? I smell something delicious and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, ma'am, can you describe it for me? It smells like golden crust, freshly shredded cheese, and pepperoni. Ma'am. Ma'am, we've traced the smell, and it's coming from inside your oven. What do you mean? It's a Papa Murphy's Jacko pizza, and it's just $10. Ah, amazing. Papa Murphy's. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, by the way, we did get... Get your hands off my stuff. Damn. Um, okay, man. Yeah, that's mine, not yours. Wow. Anyway, uh, use the promo code Monty25. It truly is one of the the great weekends in Utah for going out and seeing the leaves. The Utah Grizzlies home opener is tonight yep. at Maverick Center. Make sure you check out our new studio, which doesn't have any equipment in it yet, Yeah, uh, but will tomorrow morning. Uh, but you can see the beautiful red red rug we have in there tonight. Yeah, the Maverick red rug Center. and the wall wrap so, and the door. So and... when you go to the Maverick Center, you'll notice you'll walk up the stairs into the great... Uh, abyss of awesomeness that is the Maverick Center. There's going to be the team store. Go all the way down to your right, and you're going to see the Monty Show Studios at the end of the uh, the grand hallway. Yeah. And uh, you'll see that our wall is wrapped down there. There's a beautiful red chair and a beautiful red rug. Just no furniture in there. So it'll be in there That's tomorrow. Right, it'll be in there tomorrow. We'll start working in there on Monday morning. Yeah, we're just one, we're one day behind. Yeah, you know, hockey, one day delayed. Hockey's back, though, in Salt Lake City. Make sure you get your tickets, utahgrizzlies.com. Uh, they are expecting a big crowd tonight. That place is going to be lit. And they finally have the center-hung scoreboard in there. They have yes. the ribbon boards in there. Like, it is going to be amazing 
at the Maverick Center. Come check it out. Oh, by the way, the hockey club is exceptionally good. Um, it is going to be amazing. Um, Utah Grizzlies hockey. Get your tickets right now at utahgrizzlies.com. Use promo code MONTY. Dot com. M-O-N-T-Y MONTY. Promo code M-O-N-T-Y MONTY for uh, Utah Grizzlies um, hockey. This show is presented every single day by the Advocates. UtahAdvocates.com. Best injury attorneys in the business. Absolutely, they are the advocates. UtahAdvocates.com. If you've been in a wreck, somebody hit you while they were talking on your phone. Amazing yesterday. We're, we're driving back um, to the crib last night, and there's a guy looking at his phone like this. And the steering wheel's like right here. He's looking at the map doing this. And I just, I say to myself every day, somebody's going to wind up calling the advocates because that idiot's looking at his phone. Yep. It's amazing. It happens every day, and it's not your fault. Please don't rely on your insurance company uh, to take care of you because they're not going to. They're going to take care of themselves. Your insurance company has hundreds or thousands of lawyers. Why are you not represented by the advocates? UtahAdvocates.com. It costs you nothing out of pocket. No consultation fees. No big retainers. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case. Chat with them for free online right now at UtahAdvocates.com. Let's talk a little hoop to start the hour. Uh, here on the show because I think we saw a lot of interesting stuff last night around the NBA. Uh, you have got the Jazz and the Timber Puppies tonight in Minneapolis. Um, the Timberwolves are an eight. I want to say, isn't it eight and a half point favorite tonight? Yeah, I believe it is. Look at the number though, 228 and a half. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. It's 114 points per team. Take the Timberwolves to cover and the under in that game. Um in my opinion, even though we don't bet in Utah. We don't bet in Utah. Uh, take the under. Take the Timberwolves to cover. Take the under. Yeah. But I thought it was an interesting night in the NBA last night. I don't know what you say to L.A. Laker fans right now. And as insufferable as they usually are, I'm actually very happy that the Lakers suck. Because I, I, the thing that is amazing to me is they almost beat the, the Clippers. Right. Claw came off the bench. They're limit, limiting his minutes right now. Right. But Claw comes off the bench. Kawhi hey, Leonard was amazing. John Wall was amazing. Hey, Claw. Paul George was amazing. And the Lakers still almost won the game. Single-handedly. And I am no LeBron fan. I think if you watch this show, you know that. Yeah. But if you watch the Laker game last night as I did, you cannot help but be awestruck by how good LeBron still is. He is 64 years old, and he is still dunking on bros. He's rebounding. He's running the floor. He's passing well. He's shooting the three pretty well. The Lakers are a force to be reckoned with unless Russell Westbrook is doing his Russell Westbrook thing. And you weren't expecting this one. You know, it was interesting. One of the things that Reggie Miller talked about on the broadcast last night was how unfair it is that the Lakers have taken the joy from Russell Westbrook. Uh-huh. And I actually agree with that. And I hear your tone because as a millennial, you get this smart, snarky little bitch ass tone uh -huh. where you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, where you're going to say something really dumb usually. Well, what, what's convenient <laughs> is it's 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 so unfair or it's not unfair when here, here happiness, comes the dumb part. happiness, you know, is is taken from, you know, bench players in the league. But when it's Russell Westbrook, bench when, it's, players. When, it's, when it's some guy who should be this great guy, all of a sudden he's a victim because he can't make a jump shot. But let's be honest. He does not look like he's enjoying the game, and that cannot help but damage but, his performance. But, okay, 
I can't believe you're you're on this side of it. This is this is very atypical of you, dude. He's not enjoying himself because he can't make a shot. Because I don't believe that he is in a place to 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 thrive. And I I've said this repeatedly about Russ. My question is, why haven't they traded him? Why why are you hanging on to him? Yeah. When you yeah. are damn well aware that he is a problem on your team, he is not good in L.A., he is clearly not done as a basketball player, why are you hanging on to him? Well said. Yeah, he, I, I he's think that's a very pertinent. Yeah, I think, that, I think I'm down with that conversation. I, I completely agree with that, but I can't, I, I can't get down with, hey, he's not been good, and that's kind of, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I guess we're supposed to feel sorry for him. Like, you're a professional basketball player, and you can't you're uh, you, you can't make a shot right now. And it's not just this. It wasn't just last night. This has been for all of last season, and now yeah. we're heading into this season. Like, I, I I I guess my thing here is that that he's paid to make basketball shots, right? You're paid to 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 be proficient at dribbling a basketball, shooting a basketball, taking care of your body, like, you know, being able to dunk on someone, like, you're paid to do all those things. So now we're in a place where he struggled for so long that we're now trying to take this angle of, well, you know, the Lakers are robbing his happiness. We wouldn't even have to talk about this if Russ would just simplify the game a little bit here and stop trying to shoot the three. Stop. Like, don't do it. You know, and, and I get it. Some of that's the scheme. Totally understand. Some of that is like last night, there were many occasions, probably three or four times for him, where he was wide open in the corner. Mar mostly because the defense doesn't respect his shot, obviously. But part of that is that's his space on the floor based on the scheme they're running. So I can get down with the conversation of, hey, you got to put him in a better position. I understand that. I agree with that. But I'm certainly not going to sit here and say that the guy's happiness has been robbed because they won't trade him. Like, his happiness has been robbed because he hasn't performed that well. That's the problem. And the narrative, like, let's not forget the narrative. The narrative was when they got him, hey, hometown kid, like, come back, went uh, went to UCLA, like, you know, play, for your, play in your hometown. Let's do this. Let's win a championship. And this is what we've gotten. I think that the Lakers have made a huge mistake. I think they have mishandled this. This has plagued the Lakers for years now, since they won. Well, and I'll even go back. I think before the bubble championship, they have made terrible roster decisions. I mean, you're looking at Boyan Bagsnachevich in Detroit. Bojan. I mean, Bogey is knocking it down for the Pistons. He should be wearing a Laker uniform. Bojan Bogdanovic. But because you didn't want to give up two draft picks to get him, which, by the way, you're not going to use those draft picks anyways because you're, the, you're the, the Lakers for crying out loud. You don't draft people. Yeah. And yet you could be a Western Conference playoff team. Mind you, with if Bogey's on the team, you're probably not contending for a championship at that point. But if you had moved Russ's money off of your books, it would have taken multiple players. You'd probably right now have Malik Beasley and Boyan Bogdanovich on your roster. Yeah, You'd be a far better team, and Russ wouldn't be there anymore. Yet you didn't do that, and it continues this pattern. How many of us thought to ourselves, oh, 
It's over. Anthony Davis goes head over heels last night on Kawhi Leonard's back. Yeah. Slams himself on the floor. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, they're done. It's over. They're done. They're done. Yep. Like, that's what this team is now. That's what this team is. You are hoping that Pat Bev can knock down a three. That's who this team is now. It, the the mismanagement of the LA Lakers is shocking to me. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I I think that they put themselves in a really tough position again. I mean, we just got done talking about you know Christian Christian McCaffrey and all his injury issues. Like Anthony Davis is the same guy. You know, unfortunately, um, a guy in LeBron who's been super healthy most of his career struggled last year with injuries, and and that's okay. Like guys are going to have years like that. But I think it's different. Like with Anthony Davis, he's notorious for being hurt now. Yeah, you know, like Russell absolutely. Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is a guy who, who, and I think the biggest issue with Westbrook is there's no explanation for it. That's the thing. If you, if we were to come out and say, or if the Lakers were to come out and say, hey, yeah, Russ is, Russ is, you know, had a really crappy like season in one tenth of a season here because his wrist has cartilage in it and that doesn't let him shoot right. Yeah. Then people will be like, oh, got it, got it. Now we can scheme out of that a little bit. We can, you know, we can account for that a Absolutely. little bit. But because it's this whole thing about how Russ just can't make a shot at all and there's no reason for it and we're not getting the posterizing dunk and the transition play and everything that we all knew and love about Russ in OKC, it's befuddling. It's mystifying. It's like, hey, w w what are we doing here? And yeah. I think you're exactly right about the front office, but what the hell are you going to do about it? Because you have LeBron James on your team. I think it's far too late now. Like, I think like, it's far too late now. Luck. I mean, you look at the numbers out of LA last night. They shot 20% from three. Dude. That's like, hey, by the way, that's not good. Yeah. Nine of 45. <laughs> I said nine of 45 from three for the Lakers last night. And I think in the first two games, they're 19 of 89. Kenrick Nunn, 0 for four. Reeves, 0 for one. Jones, 0 for one. Toscano Anderson, one for four. Um, Anthony Davis, two of four. LeBron, two of eight. Russell Westbrook, 0 of six. Pat Bev, one of six. They were one of 12 between their starting front court was one of 12, you pricks. Like, are you kidding me? Look at me. And so, to me, when what? I when I hear you read those stats, the first thing what that goes through my head, the first thing that goes through my head is uh, actually two things. Number one, the final score was one hundred three ninety seven. If you had taken seven of those three point <laughs> shots and turned those into mid range shots, oh my god, you win this ball game, which was your point at the beginning of this conversation. And that's the problem. And Lonnie Walker gave you a career good start, like twenty six points. He got to the line. 9 of 21 from the floor. Lonnie Walker's your second best option from the shooting, shoot from the field. Not, Lonnie, I said Lonnie Walker is your second. Lonnie! What are we doing in LA? Oh, by the way, you know what we're doing? We're all paying attention to the Clippers now because I can only say it so many times. Peace to your mama. <laughs> Like I can only say it so many times. <laughs> the Clippers, the Clippers are the best team in the Western Conference. Hey, and you look at you look at my man like Dick Fingers, and I'm telling you, <laughs> Dick right Fingers. Now, hey, Claw. Hey, you, Claw. You look at Bro. my hey man, dude. You look at my guy Claw. <laughs> Bro. Bro, Kawhi Leonard plays 21 minutes last night, scores 14 points, seven boards, two dimes, and a steal. He's an assassin. <laughs> 
like playing half speed. This dude is like hitting mid-range shots over LeBron. Yeah, dude. Last night, 15 from PG, 14 from Ivica Zubats. Morris gives you 14. Like you get you get 14 and 17 out of Ivica Zubats. And look at the minutes. See, this is really important. Look at the minutes how they're all spread out, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, you you can spread your minutes out because Luke Kennard gave you 11 points in 24 minutes. Don't you know who I am? Like they're getting it from everybody. I'm telling you, they are they're they're the best team in the West. Mm. God bless the Golden State Warriors because I know they're going to be very good as well. The L.A. Clippers, I, and I think more to the point, the L.A. Clippers could be top five defensively when Kawhi Leonard's playing 35 minutes. That team will be one of the best defensive teams in the NBA because you also saw Paul George last night D'ing up, which is pretty freaking amazing. Yeah, and I, I still maintain, and I know that I everybody says you're you're don't watch the NBA. No, you guys you're are casual. casual. You're casual. You're casual. Paul George again last night. I'm watching him. That dude is a knockdown jump shooter from three, from two, from oh, your mom. Cool, like he's a knockdown jump shooter. Tell me I'm wrong that the Clippers aren't an NBA Finals contender. Yeah, they're definitely a contender for the NBA Finals. And then there's my guy Fat Ass in Philly. I mean, my um, guy Fat Ass. Bro. James Harden last Fat. night did Fat. it again. Are you ready Fat. to tell me how great I am? No. Are you ready to tell me? Hey, did they win the game? Are you ready to tell That's irrelevant. Are you ready <laughs> to tell me that I am a sex machine? <laughs> an absolute sex machine. Because, again, I say. James Harden's in a prove-it year. Oh, and James, fat ass is in a prove-it year, and uh, he had a great night. And I'm telling you, now, Doc Rivers is really not very good at Doc Rivering. Um, and I say that because his, not. his rotations are trash. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm watching that game, too, and I'm like, hey, man, look at Giannis Ante, your mama. It's ridiculous. Like, they're holding him down. Like, they're actually, he's, he's, they're making his life difficult. And yeah, why why not? Let's just yeah. At one point they had George Niang. <laughs> yeah, let's rotate George Niang over to to Giannis and stuff. Yeah, he's gonna eat euros Giannis. on your face. Like it was amazing to me. They're how bad. And the other thing that's wrong with Philly right now is they're not getting anybody producing off the bench. Yeah. And they they had thirteen bench points last night. It was brutal. But then there's my guy. Uh. Yeah, James Harden, 31 points, nine dimes, eight boards, two steals, a block, um, four of four from the line. Like, for instance, one of seven from three, <clears throat> uh, 13 of 24 from the floor. <laughs> this guy. Oh, my God. What did I tell you? Hey. Dude, yeah, James is having a nice little start here. They're 0-2, bro. Jake, I'm a pimp in every sense of the word. When <laughs> Come are you, you going to say it? When are you going to say it? <laughs> I told you, man. What are the people saying? Uh, that I'm a pimp in every sense of the word. Um, oh, the bots are in the chat. Oh, oh come the on. Bots are in the chat. We were having such a good show. The bots are in the... Where's the... the uh, uh, Donnie? Hide. There you go. Um, there it is. There's a bot in the chat. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I try to police. I was celebrating my awesomeness there and I, I slacked on the bots in the chat. I'm a pimp in every sense of the word. Yeah. Why do you, what do you mean? You guys, if you want to kick it, we'll flow. Are you saying you disagree with that? 
Yeah, I don't think you're you're a pimp. I, I, you know, I'm sorry. Um, okay, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Look at these. They're getting more sophisticated now. They're getting more sophisticated now because they're not dropping like ten messages in a row. Yeah, it's not obvious. Yeah, they're they're like dropping one, and it's from like Jenny Jenny Johnson. Hey, look at this great porn site. Like that's what you're getting. That's what you're getting now. Yeah. So, all right, let's see. Uh, who are we going to go to? Um, Teddy Wayman says the Jazz offered Bogey, Conley, and Gay to them. Well, I don't, I don't believe that the Jazz offered Rudy Gay to them. I think that, I think the Jazz offered several different incarnations of trades. Yeah. And the Lakers wouldn't give up two first round picks to get that deal done. And I, I think that was a huge mistake. You know, like I, I think that is a huge mistake. Yeah. So, because I also think this this Lakers conversation, from what I understand anyways, and people around the NBA have told me this repeatedly now for months, Yeah, these draft picks that the Jazz have are not exactly valuable because with this new CBA, and if you're an NBA fan, I'm telling you now, pay attention to the way that the CBA impacts the quality of these picks. When they negotiate a new CBA... If they lower that age requirement and the one-and-done rule goes away and, yeah. hey, you have to go to college, all of a sudden those draft picks get significantly devalued. And they get devalued because, again, we're going to go back in time where it's a 17-year-old kid that you're going to pay you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to. Right. That becomes a problem. There's going to be – because Zion Williamson is not an anomaly. When you hand a high school kid who really played half a season at Duke – all that money, and he gets a huge shoe contract. Victor Wambanyama is going to be this dude. I'm telling you right now. By the way, did you see Victor Wambanyama last night jumping over two rows of seats to go see the honeys? <laughs> I sent you that video. Did you see it? <laughs> yes. So, Vic, Victor Wambanyama. Hey, Vic. Chicks dig the long ball, apparently. Yeah. Victor Wambanyama sees a group of honeys with a sign, and they're yelling at him. He jumps over two rows of seats to go take a picture and get groped by these chicks. That's it, Skippy. And it just makes me idolize Victor Wambanyama more because who doesn't want to get groped by a bunch of hot chicks, Y'all right? feel me? But that's not really my point. My right, point is right, that he's right. going to be a 17-year-old kid that's 7'5 and under 200 pounds, and I have a hard time believing he succeeds in this league. And even if you're a Chet Holmgren who is built similarly to Victor Wambanyama, you, you look at how easily he got injured. Yep. You're going back in time in the NBA – because the arms race is real. And what you're going to see is that these young kids are going to get these huge contracts and it's going to devalue these draft picks because now they're going to be <coughs> projects. <coughs> There's so many great high school projects or prospects, excuse me, that wind up in college and they get exposed as a project. So they never get drafted in the NBA. So you're not wasting that money. Owners and, and front office guys are reticent to pay huge money and suck up huge chunks of your salary cap for Jared Butler-type performances. Yeah. And they don't know how to be professional. They don't know what to do with this kind of money. They don't know how to play on a daily basis. You know, we were talking to a guy yesterday who talked about the fact that, hey, you have to learn how to be a professional athlete. You can't just roll up and say, okay, hey, I'm here. I'm now hey a professional hey athlete. Hey, guys. Like, and, and I'm 100% serious. How do you deal with the hoes and the groupies? Yep. Because you do you think they weren't lined up around the building for Zion Williamson? Lover boy. Right? Seriously. Like, I, you are now getting 
tens of millions of dollars in an NBA contract. Mm -hmm. You're getting tens of millions of dollars in a shoe contract. You're getting endorsement money. You've never had this money before. Yeah. And I, I just go back to say all of this is going to devalue those picks. So when you're trying to do pick swaps and you're trying to make a trade with the Lakers and the Lakers aren't that interested in your first-round picks, I don't blame the Lakers for that. First-round draft picks don't mean anything to clubs like the Lakers because they buy players. They don't draft players, Yeah. right? And we could talk about all the, you know, the, the, the Kobe's of the world. LeBron was not a Laker draft pick. They went and bought him. Anthony Davis was not a Laker draft pick. They went and bought him. And I say that because that's how they win championships. So those picks are not nearly as valuable. Those picks will be valuable to the OKCs of the world. Wish this was you. The Rockets of the world, the Magic of the world, the, the right. bottom tier teams in the, the league. The underscourge of the league. I, that's where those picks become more valuable. Yeah, It's going to be difficult to make a trade with the Lakers, the Knicks. Why do you think that this deal with the Knicks didn't get done? Because they couldn't come to terms on draft picks. That at, at the end of the day, those draft picks really mattered. Yeah, it, it, it's just a, it's a it's a terribly difficult place to be. It is a terribly difficult place to be. Mike Maple says uh, I'd laugh if they trade Russ here for Conley and Gay with the picks before the deadline. Well, Russ is a buyout candidate. I don't think anywhere he goes, he'll be bought out. Right? But yeah. I don't think he plays for one of those teams. He will be a 20-point-a-night guy again in this. He will. He, it, it, it's in there. He's just got to figure it out. Yeah. And I don't know what I don't know where he went. You know, it, it, I don't know where he went. Uh, Connor Tulin says, never too late to trade a pick for Evan Fournier. Nah. We've had our fair share of Frenchmen on this team. I'm good. I think Evan Fournier would be a huge pickup for the Lakers. I mean, how did you... It is infuriating that you traded Boyan Bogdanovich to the Pistons yeah. for, for a 15-minute-a-night guy in Kelly Olenek. Yeah. Uh, it's infuriating. It, it really... It was, it's a money dump. There's no doubt about that. Man. Uh, NY Monty fan says, Lonnie Flippin' Walker, Texas Rangering it last night. Seriously. Uh, Eric and Riley says, shout-out to Mo Bamba. Uh-huh. Um, M. Morris says, they're listening to LeBron. I don't know if they are or not. I, I, honestly, I don't know if they are or not. Shout them Obama. You know, I mean, if they're listening to LeBron, why don't they have shooting? I mean, I still go back and ask why Alex Caruso and Cantavius Caldwell-Pope are not on this team anymore. Well, that's clearly a reference to the whole Westbrook situation mm -hmm. with Bron. Yeah, but I, 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 sure, but I don't think they're listening to him now. Yeah. I, I really don't think they're listening to him now. I don't. I have a hard time believing that that's what they're doing. Jeremy Bolton, good morning to you, friend. He says the problem with James Harden is that he he likes extra size supreme nachos with a side of triple cheeseburgers. Well, fat. I myself had an impossible Whopper last night for dinner. What do you I, think of it? I loved it. Did I love you? it. I love yeah. the impossible Whopper. The best impossible burger in fast food is at the Habit. The Habit's impossible well, burger is flipping amazing. Fat. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, uh, but James Harden looks great. He, he does. He, he's clearly thinner. Dude. Yeah, he's clearly thinner. Yeah, dude, I'm not saying the guy didn't put his work in. He put his work in. The dude. problem is his team's still losing. That's the problem. Dude. Yeah, I know. It's offensive. Biggest stories in sports presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Hey, they're having some great events for kids uh, coming up around Halloween. Mrs. Monty demanded that I talk about this this morning. She's like, I want you got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. I don't care what Quick Quack has told you. 
you're you're talking about this because you hate kids and it's true i hate kids i think they're the scourge of the world i know but um case in point yeah thank Um, you i know but mrs monty forced me to talk about this okay so what are we so i don't know i have to find her message don't you fucking turn her mic up um I'm just the smarter not. of the two, so you're, you're I saw that Quick Quack was having this super fun promotion it's for Halloween. It's called Quackenstein's Car Wash. Quackenstein's Lots of, Car Wash. They say, let the ghoul times roll. See, ghoul times. See what they did there? Not it's good like, times. Not good times. It's ghoul times. Ghoul time, because it's Halloween and stuff, you know? Come see uh, Quackles and his monster friends, free for members, price of best wash for non-members, at select locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and those select locations are pretty much a ton of them in Utah. Yeah, the one in South Jordan is doing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it to me, it's it's a no-brainer. Here are the ones in Utah that are doing it. Uh, Centerville, uh, Brigham, 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 Kyle Van Oy, Brigham, uh, Brigham City, Logan, Bountiful, North Salt Lake, um, Sandy, South Jordan, West Jordan, Springville. Um, that's right. The, the South Jordan one that they remodeled is open. Yes. By the whoop, way. Whoop, yes. Whoop, whoop. Yes. Uh, North Island and, uh, Payson. 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 Take your kids to quick quack car wash. Tell them you heard about it on the Monty show. It's going to be a great time. It is going to be a great time. And what? Why it's are you only looking on certain days? Yes. It is on weekends, right? That is it the 24th and 25th. And then. As someone who forced this topic, you should know those yeah. dates. Yeah, yes, rookie. Yes, yes. <laughs> rookie. It's totally fun to go to the car wash anyways. Take your kids. They're going to have people weekend. dressed up. It's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. It is October 21st and 23rd. Okay, so which that's is today. today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Yeah. Um, And then October 28th and 30th from 6.30 p.m. to 9 p.m. There you go. So Do you want to go to the quick quack car washes, hook it up. Tell me her Do about it. it on the Monty show. We go and see them. Send us a picture on Twitter. Like yeah. show us what it looks yeah, like. Absolutely. Um, would love to see you guys doing that. It, it, I appreciate everybody who goes to barbecue pit stop and then sends us pictures of Asado seasoning. Uh, we love that you guys go to, you know, like everybody who sent us pictures of their pizza. Yes. Um, go to quick quack car wash, tweet us pictures. Maybe you'll get a free shirt. New merch is coming. Indeed. You know, we're bribing The weather's going to no. mess up your car anyways this weekend, so you need to get a car wash. Have some fun. Go to Quackenstein's Car Wash. Woo! Wow. <laughs> my, my work is done here. Wow. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Jesse Hart says, Jeremy, don't forget a 20-ounce side of nacho cheese. What's wrong with nacho Yeah, cheese? out of a can. Uh, let's see. M.Y. Monty fan says, okay, well, after you explain it, that makes sense. Stinking CBA ruining all of our fun just so Bronny can make it to the league earlier and play with daddy. That's well, exactly what it is. I'm not even joking about that. Yeah. N.Y. Monty fan, you're exactly right. This is a LeBron James pushed thing because he daddy. wants to play with daddy. Oh, daddy. He wants to play with his kids. That's what this is. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I just did it's that. It's true. Yeah. Jeremy Bolton says, uh, Mrs. Monty needs to be the official spokesperson for Quick Quack. That was incredible. <laughs> can, can you just say Quackensteins again? Just say Quackensteins. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Arnold, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger Light joins the show. Get to the, the chopper! Get to the chopper! 
I'll be back. No, I won't. Um, by the way, Mrs. Monty, um, everybody wants to know why you haven't been on the show consistently. Slacking. Slacking. Um, it's because she doesn't no like sports. And, I love that show. You know, she's busy with her, you know, her friends and stuff. Like, she has a life and Whatever. so, you know. She, I hey, have to fit it in between, you know. I've heard that about sitting you. in the tub and eating bonbons and you know getting my nails done. Oh my god! Uh, well, I mean, I, we we did just buy you a fresh, uh, you know, tractor trailer full of bonbons. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife is a, James Harden diet. My wife is actually a baller, so she has a full time job. And did you say James Harden eats bonbons? Uh, apparently, he's yeah. got fat air. Well, he gave them up. So right, he, he went on. That, he went on a diet. He yeah. doesn't have that Kim K booty. He's on a cut. Right. Yeah. Uh, My Monty fan says, "Love it. Thanks, Mrs. Monty, for gracing us with your presence." Okay, great. Nobody cares. Miss <laughs> um, uh, Monty, you know you loved that. I did love that. Right. I did love that. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, "LOL, Mrs. Monty." There you go. All right. Make sure you give us a thumbs up and a like here on the Monty Show. Seven thirty. The biggest stories in sports is always brought to you by. Hello. Maybe you could participate. In... Quick, quick crap. Okay. Give me the Frankenstein shit now. God, help us. God. God, she says she wants me to fit it in. It's so key. <laughs> no, do not bring that up on this show. What's up, motherfuckers? Don't, don't. Why do we let? What? See, this is why I will break your arm the next time you turn her microphone on. Every exactly. Every day you show up, it's like, oh, well, let's see, let's fit it in. Um, you I know. simply am saying words. You put the connotation on them. No, I don't. I'm a man. I don't need connotations. I know what those words mean. That's right, T. What do you you know, like and look at her, she just scratched her nose. Do you think I don't know what that means? That add an itch yeah. on my nose. I know what that means. All due respect. Okay. The biggest stories in sports brought to you by Quick Quack Car Wash. And Quackenstein's Car Wash. (laughs) Get to Quick Quack Car Wash and let them know that you heard about it on the Mrs. Monty Show. (laughs) Good Lord. Good Lord. Kurt Myers says, Mrs. Monty, did uh, Teddy build you that executive suite at Maverick Center? Hmm. Hmm. Sure did. Yeah, she's got it. Sure did. She's got a canine. I mean, no. I have to give it up for like all the other Waymans, though. We always just mention Teddy. It's like Teddy represents the entire Wayman clan. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does. Look at me. Alma Schmelma. Like, I don't know. Who- Josh. Yeah, who? Teddy's pulling what? the strings here. We all know that Teddy's. Yeah. We all know Teddy's the one that shot that buck. We the- know that. Teddy's or- beard is better head. than Alma's. So the man who has the better beard. I yeah, but know. Alma just has like the seven o'clock shadow. He doesn't have like the. No, he has like a four inch beard. You have not he hung does. out with him recently, apparently. Well, uh, last time I saw Alma Wayman, um, he had a like he hurt his foot because he was busy. Put he does jujitsu oh. training, and so does he really? Oh yeah, Alma Wayman. Last time Jake and I saw him, he had broken his foot off in somebody's ass. In his ass, and like he had hurt his right foot. I had no one. idea. So then apparently it was so bad. He injured it so badly. He went and shot some huge moose and they hiked it out of East Canyon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Never mind. He'll never know the difference between a moose and an elk, but that's fine. Oh, it was an elk? It was a bull elk. It was a bull elk. Hey, like, <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> I give up. I, I seriously, Teddy, I give up. 
Teddy, we need a set of antlers for the studio. No, we don't. So it's called you, a rack. Could, um, yeah, I got a rack for you. you. Hey, a rack. rack attack. <laughs> no, really, I could like paint it black and like put some, you know, rhinestones on it, and it could oh. be our studio rack. Okay, you're our studio rack. Number one. Number two. We're not putting antlers in the studio. Teddy. 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 God, please. I know that one of the Waymans is going to be there tonight. His daughter uh, is actually <laughs> singing, I think, singing the national anthem or something. Is that true? Uh, maybe Teddy can help us out. Alma told me that yeah, his niece was something doing something at the Maverick game tonight. Okay. We'll narrow Good what Johnson. that is. <laughs> Whatever you say. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for bringing up soaking again. Can I's like LOL soaking? Yes. Yeah. We know. Uh, Mrs. Monty is loopy on pain meds for the eye damage. She's putting steroids in her eye. Like seriously, Barry Bonds knocked on the front door yesterday, handed Mrs. Monty a vial. I was like, what's that about? Yeah. She's like, get to the chopper. She's like. Uh, <laughs> I look like a uh, Russian weightlist lifter. <laughs> weightlister. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, yes. Yeah, Seth Wayman's daughter is singing the anthem tonight. Wow. Okay. Wow. Dang. I will have to say that on the broadcast. Damn. There, that's so exciting. There's a lot of stuff going on in the building. Like oh, all the people myron. A lot of listeners are are yeah, or something like that, Teddy said. Sure. Um <laughs> you know no Teddy's really like, I don't exactly. know, you know, it's She's gonna like be that. there, but we don't know what. Yeah. Kurt Meyer says hunting on the nines. The only reason I watched the show, I already offered a deer mount. Nope, no deer mount. Not doing it. Hunting on the nine. Mrs. Monty doing her best Gene Wilder impression. Yes. Do you know who Gene Wilder is? Jake? Nope. Never heard of him. Whoa. 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 What are you? What? You've never heard of Gene Wilder. No, dude. <laughs> on a show. How many times have I forced you to watch Blazing Saddles? On a show Too many? that is on a show that is presented by the Advocates UtahAdvocates.com. Right. Are you seriously telling me that you don't know who Gene Wilder is? Yes. Blazing Saddles is one of the best okay, movies relax. of the entire time okay. of my whole life. Bro. Do you guys see what I have to deal with? Like, <laughs> Check okay, the comments. so Blazing we're talking Saddles, about people. we're talking about Help Gene Wilder. You know, Costa Kufis over here doesn't know who that is. The answer is and, yes. And Jenny Schwarzenegger over there is like, oh yeah, Blazing Saddles, which is not nearly as good as Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Oh, it's better. Or, mm. by the way, the 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 Silver Streak. Anybody ever heard of a little movie called The Silver Streak? Oh boy, she's gonna call. Oh, the, Gene she's Wilder. Call yeah, the I know Gene Wilder. Please check huh. your watch. I know his face. I know call Gene Wilder. Yeah, I'd hit that. I know, I know his, face. his face. I don't know guy. I don't know Buddy by name. I know his face, Buddy. Yeah, I don't know Buddy by name. Yeah. But oh I, know, I know his face. You don't no, know. How do you not, not know who Gene Wilder is? Because I'm not like 80 years old. Where are the white women at? It's yeah. one of the greatest lines in movie history. Yeah, I get it. That is Blazing Saddles <laughs> is stupid funny. Like it is. It is so like and, and that. You know what? I, I, we're totally off the rails now. OK, it's so Friday. let's recap the show. Uh, Kalani is getting fired. Russ sucks. And Jake doesn't know who. Okay. Gene Wilder is. Bro. That's the Dude, entire show. CNBC just put out an article that said McDonald's limited edition adult Happy Meal toys are listed for as much as $300,000 on eBay. Yeah, they are. What? People are collecting what? them. Dude. Which is like ridiculous oh. to me. Come on. Stop it. Oh, yeah. Uh, can't pay rent. Inflation's too high, but we're going to pay $300,000 for a Happy Meal toy. Come on. Stop it. 
I told you guys about adult Happy Meals. And I want to say what the Neville hell is up with our bull in the china shop today. He's yeah. just walking around knocking every yeah, camera. That's what he yeah. does every day. Down, the dog is Come destroying on. things. Um I told you I believe Neville went and got no. Neville went and got a happy meal. Snooka. Was it Snooka? Snooka got oh, a happy to? meal. You I don't want know to? if anybody else did. I think Snooka. I wanted to, but you forbade me from going to get one. I totally did not forbade you from doing anything. You don't <laughs> listen to what I say anyway. <laughs> I mean, I literally said to her, hey, you know, inflation, we have to, pay, you know, pull back our spending. She's My like, well, you know, I did just buy a G-Wagon. Does that count? <laughs> no, tax write-off. She she rolls up to the house in a G wagon the other day. Uh -huh. I did not. No, that's a lie. I love my Jeep, and in fact, oh, do you want to hear what we're gonna do? Uh, here we go. Who's no, excited? Oh, I, I, I can't <laughs> wait for this. Yeah, I literally have no idea what she's gonna say. I got, no, please go right ahead. I got the ahead. notification this morning from Recreation.gov that Christmas tree cutting permits are yeah, uh, opening up soon. Okay, you want to go and cut a tree down? We have a fake Christmas tree. I'm not <laughs> cutting a tree down. I'm not doing that. We we spent like eight million dollars on a fake Christmas tree. She's like, oh, honey, honey, <laughs> honey. No, I, get to the chopper. <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking the Jeep off roading and finding oh a freaking tree. No, you're not. Down for what? So wait, so wait. Where are we gonna put we it? We need to recycle all this In plastic, but we're gonna go and cut down a tree. We're not. No, we yes. have a thousand dollar fake Christmas tree. No, it is. <laughs> that thing was like. That thing was at least a hundred, <laughs> which is close to a thousand. How much was that Christmas tree? And back, how long have we had it? Back in 2015, um, I bought that tree for, I think, about $300. Um, so, and this is the same woman who last year was like, oh, we got to get a pre-lit tree. It's so much work. Oh, it's so hard to build the tree. You know, I don't even want a Christmas tree. I don't have kids. Do you even have a chainsaw? Shut up, Jake. The point is... <laughs> The point is, <laughs> I don't want a. I don't. Uh, okay, okay, so wait. Why do you want I, a tree? Freely, why do you want a real tree? Yeah. Oh, please tell us. Why do you want a real tree? Oh, hi. Oh, hey. Oh, hi. Hello. Uh, You're very white. Well, I mean, that was obvious a long um, time ago. <laughs> yeah. Um. I hadn't noticed. Anyway, yeah. Why do you want like to go and cut a tree down? I, it sounds like fun. It sounds like fun. It sounds like it would be it would be a fun you know thing to document. You can go. There's um. I think four or five different forests around here that you can actually go and cut them. It's good for the environment because when you cut the smaller trees down, it allows the bigger trees to grow. But then you know it what's going to happen. It opens up more food for animals. So, But you know what's going to happen. It's going to be like, oh, honey, we got to take the Christmas tree out, which is code word for not we. It's like, hey, can you drag the Christmas tree out to the curb? You know. And then, A, if the house doesn't burn down because we're never watering that thing. B, we're going to be out of town snowboarding, so we're never watering that thing. Wait, do you have to water a real Christmas tree? Isn't yeah. the whole point? Oh, my God. Oh my Isn't gosh. the whole point? Jake's, Jake's isn't, whole life has been... No, but I'm being serious. Isn't, isn't the whole tree? point... Isn't the whole point... No, God, wait, Hold on, wait. God, please. Priorities are put on hold. Hold on. Wait, isn't the whole point to cut the tree down, put your ornaments on it, take your ornaments off, and then put that thing on the curb? No! What are it, you supposed to do? Plant it in the backyard? No, Christmas, you do, you Christmas, is a, it's, Christmas is a holiday. Right. I know what Christmas is. That is. Thank you. That l Listen, <laughs> take um, Jesus out of Christmas. Christmas is a holiday for women. Right. We have to hang like 
Oh, honey, we got to get those Christmas lights. Can you call that service and have them come hang the lights? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, sure. Here, let's spend. The lady is texting me from the tree lighting or from the like house light service. Right. Hey, are we do she she said to me something like, "Hey, are we doing this or not?" I'm like, "Well, how much is it going to be?" Hey, guys. How much is it going to be? Total husband move here. How much is it going to be? Mm -hmm. She says to me in text, hey, it's going to be $330. Damn. $300. And then she's like, that doesn't include tax. She's like, um, she said, I'm going to have a crew working in Salt Lake City on Tuesday. I'd really like to get these lights hung up back for you. And I said, okay. She goes, um, are you planning on having us hang Christmas lights this year? I said, what's the cost? She said, $330. That doesn't include tax or maintenance. Whatever. So I said to Mrs. Monty, hey, are we doing Christmas lights this year? Well, I really want to. I was like, it's $330. She's like, no, nah, I'm good. Hell out of here with that. Yeah. <laughs> so at least I we aligned on like that. I the lights that we got were that good. Well, and, and we should have gone to the Ryan from the Dish Pros has a, tr a light service. What? And we, well, because they were... They were like seven weeks out last year. Oh. And so I couldn't get on their schedule in time. Right. Oh. And so then, wait, I'm still trying to understand. Why do we want to go and chop down a tree? Don't say we as though there's two of us that want to chop down a tree because I want nothing to do with <laughs> that. Wants to do I want nothing me. to no, do I'm with that. No, I'm trying to understand why we're... Why, no, like what is the... So I'm still mystified by the watering the tree inside your house you thing, number one. You have to water it so it doesn't completely dry <laughs> out and catch fire. It's like, a do you put it in tree, man. It's a it, tree. you got to water it. It's a plant. And by the way, here's the other thing. All this woman does is murder plants. They all fucking die. We never can keep them alive. That's, so we're going to get a Christmas tree? We have a fake Christmas tree. I'm not doing it. Bro. Well, am I wrong? Do you are you are there not warrants oh out my for God. are there not warrants out for your arrest in the plant community because you've That's killed the, the, the people? I'm telling you, people from Orchidville don't even when they see you coming, they're like, "We're sold out." Hey, no, uh, uh, we're sold out because I hope everyone knows this is fake news. Hey, where, where's the comment section? What have are the people two saying? Plants here, one that is extremely old. That Look at I've that one had. over your shoulder. How, how dead? Oh, oh, honey, we're going to get a fish tank plant and it's going to um, save the environment. Uh, okay, now I'll tell you, the fish the, the fish tank sprout thing didn't work out. They don't uh, grow very well. Are you serious? They don't, they don't grow very well. But look, goddamn. <laughs> Bro, hi. Hold on. That's not a plant. That's bamboo. Hey, that's bamboo. That's the not... green helps the complexion of your skin. Yeah, like that's bamboo though. That's different. Anyways, you can you can put bamboo through like a tree I'm not trimmer thing. Plants left and right. You know that we have lots of plants in our house that are thriving. No, well, if half dead means thriving. Anyways, yes, Jake, you have to. <laughs> okay, fuck you. That's not... <laughs> Oh. What are the comments? What are people um, saying? Nobody's commenting. Dude, come on. Nobody, what are people saying? They're like, what is wrong with you? Uh, Joshua Mose says, tomorrow this episode brought to you by the Utah, <laughs> Utah Department of Recreation. Oh, man. Uh, Alex Chacon says, good morning, guys. I literally opened the video and the first thing I heard was, all she does is fucking kill plants. <laughs> 
I, you know. Uh, let's see. Eric says fish tank plants are for fish tanks. Exactly right. Yeah, next question. Uh, Monty, why don't you tell us how Mrs. Monty asking for a real Christmas tree makes you feel? But <laughs> it's not that I'm anti-Christmas, which I kind of am not. But we're never home for Christmas. We are always somewhere snowboarding usually. Always usually. Right. That's Sometimes. Terrible. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we're usually not home for Christmas. We, we we generally are not. We have a small family. Jake doesn't have sex, so we don't have grandkids. Deep like it, we don't we don't like go and we're not people that buy each other gifts and stuff. Like it's really it, despicable. Generally the way our Christmas goes is I I buy Jake a pair of shoes, he comes over and eats our food, Mrs. Monty does the dishes, and I sleep on the couch. <laughs> That's Christmas at Casa de Monte. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole thing. Right? That's all. Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. It's fake <clears throat> fake news. Fake news. Anyway, Don. Anyways. So, why are I'm not doing I, Yeah, so it's not that I'm not doing it. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> we can talk about it. I just don't see the oh, need. Oh, we've been talking about it. <laughs> I don't see the need to go chop down a tree. Uh, we uh, and maybe frankly, I'll take a friend and go and do it my, on my own. Okay. You know, I'm well, still trying to picture this. So, what are we going to do you. with it? What if we, okay, how about this? I, here's what I would do. Here's what I would do. What? If we can set the Christmas tree up in front of the house, hey guys, lights and everything, I would do that. I will, if we chop down that Christmas tree, let's get a little stand, put a Christmas tree out front. It'll be great. People can leave us gifts. It'll be amazing. Just don't want it in the house. We have a. Why don't you want it in the house? Because it it sucks having a Christmas tree. A real tree is kind of a pain in the ass. Now they that smell I've good. now they do smell good, but you can get those little pine cone majigger things that smell great, that smell just like a real Christmas. You can get those scented things that hang off of like people's car mirrors. <laughs> Their house will smell like a Christmas tree. Anyways, and the point is, I get it. No one wants to have fun. That's fine. Wow, pouty Mrs. Monty now. But no, let's go chop one down and put it in the front yard. How about that? That would be. Would that not be baller to have a Christmas? Would tree anybody in the, front in the yard? comments section like to chop down a Christmas tree? No, no. I've never heard of this. I've I didn't know this was a thing. No. Yeah, it's yeah. a thing. M. Alvarez, exactly right. Beware of fire hazard with real trees. If you burn my house down, I'm calling the advocates on that ass. I'm telling you right now, I'm suing. <laughs> I'm suing. Like yeah. Anyway, uh, James Knight says maybe Karen will take care of the tree. Could be. Could be. Uh, Boyd Blake says, guys, 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 three more minutes yep, until football 50. <laughs> Boyd. <laughs> NY Monty fan says, the smell of real Christmas trees is awesome. Let's drink some Sprite. Trees like that, that right, Mrs. There Monty. is something about that, though. I will say that. You know, snowing outside, all the lights off except the Christmas lights. Yeah, there's something about that. But Mrs. Monty's not a Christmas person either. What do you mean? It's not like you, she's not. I don't believe in, in gods, but I like having a Christmas tree. I love the holiday season. I think it's fun. Yeah. I love lights. Um, I love like our tree is like a memory tree. <coughs> Every time we travel somewhere, we buy an ornament. And then yeah. when we set up our tree, we get to remember all the travels and all the trips. And, and then all the we, fun times. we fold it up and put it back in a plastic box in the garage and... for 11 months. <laughs> and that's exactly how I like it. You know, but let's just point this out for Cold factual blooded. history that the winter solstice celebration it was actually a pagan celebration oh, and they only brought that 
Jesus thing in to stop, try and stop, bring the pagans stop. in. The wrong so, show. Just wrong saying, show. Enjoy your pagan tree. Yay! Uh, God. No, well, that's not helping you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think that the real tree thing is cool. I do. I'm a big believer. Like Mrs. Monty doesn't like me buying her gifts at Christmas time. Mm. I like giving people people gifts. I like buying things for people. Like, right. I think we're more fortunate than most people. We're trying to adopt a family this year for Christmas. Like, we like doing stuff like that. It the fire hazard, the needles all over the floor. We have dogs that will like. Last thing I need is my dog getting his ass rooted again because he ate Christmas tree needle things. Mm. Like. My dog, when I was a kid, I had a Doberman and my Doberman used to throw up every year at Christmas because she would just eat pine needles. Like I'm, I don't, you know, I've never had a dog eat the pine needles. What oh, was wrong them. with your Doberman? Well, cause my mom used to put sugar in the water and it, uh, whatever it did, what I, whatever, man, she used to put sugar in the Christmas tree water. Right. So, it's like putting Sprite in the water. And then she would always make this speech. She'd be like, um, you know, hey, it's Christmas. And at Christmas time, hey guys, we celebrate football at 50, 10 to the hour, every hour in the Montemayor household. Do it. See, see, what, see what I did see there? See what he did there. Football at 50. We're impressed. 10 to the hour, every hour. We talk about the biggest stories in sports. <laughs> we'll come back and put a topper on the hour we going out to the forest. Because guess what? When Mrs. Monty wants to go out to the forest, we're probably going out to the forest. I probably won't make it back. Anyway, the point is, uh, football 50, 10 in the hour, every hour. Uh, let's talk about BYU, and let's talk about the line for tomorrow. Uh, the line just keeps moving towards BYU. Um, I mean, it, it is – they're a full touchdown favorite now at Liberty. Yeah. Uh, 130 on ESPN2. What is your confidence level on this? Yeah, I mean, I mm, – yeah, I – I think they're going to win the game. You know, I have. It's hard for me to be like, yeah, they're going to get beat by Liberty. That said, Liberty is talented. Liberty does play fast, and Liberty can be a problem for this team based on the defensive showing so far. So, my confidence level is like 50 50. I'm not super confident in this game, and I think that the turmoil in the 50, program. 50 50? Yeah, dude. What? Again, this is what they're I said last week. They're not losing to Liberty. Dude, this is what I said last week, and everyone's like, oh, you're an idiot. What confidence should I have that they're going to be able to stop the run? Well, one, Liberty hasn't played anybody. That like, might be true, Liberty, but... Liberty has not seen a team of the athletic ability of BYU. And BYU, I know everybody's going to be like, oh, I'm a Ute fan. BYU has no athletes. Guess what? BYU's got athletes. My point is, BYU is a much better team than Liberty. They should win by 14 points. Uh-huh. The, this should be 35-21. <clears throat> That's wow. what this should be. This should be 35. But, again, but come on, you, you, at least on some level, you can't tell me you're not worried about them giving up oh, a ton of yards. Could I, mean, I see on. them losing the game? No, absolutely not. Could I see this being a struggle and Jake Oldroyd hitting an upright and losing the game? No, I can't see that. Could I see them giving up 1,000 yards rushing to Liberty and, you know, they're like Jaron throws an interception at the end of the game for a pick six and they lose by a field goal? Sure, I could not see that. But my point is, oh, I could see all that happening. I mean, it won't happen. But if they give yeah. up 300 mm-hmm. rushing yards, is anybody going to be surprised? They give up 300 rushing yards to losing the game. They're going to lose the game. Yeah, I mean, I just I, that's what I'm saying. If like, they give up a, I would 
Here's what I would say. If the if Liberty has a guy run for 100 yards, BYU will lose the game. Yeah. Because at some point, BYU has to get back to footballing where they actually have more time and possession than the opponent. My pick on this game is 42-24. <clears throat> BYU is going to win the game. I think they're going to come out and they are absolutely going to dominate. I think Kalani's in charge of the defense this week. I think he is going to call the plays for the defense this week, and I think they should kick ass. If they do this hockey switch again where they switch out all 11 guys, I'm, they're getting crushed on Monday because we're not. this isn't Pop Warner football. And that's what I'm waiting for BYU to, to realize on defense. We're not playing Pop Warner football. Yeah. And this is, it's the same thing I say about the Jazz business side. I'll say about BYU's football side. Act like you're the best team in the country and you can be the best team in the country. You keep acting like this is Pop Warner football. And again, mom's got orange slices, everybody. All right, end of the half. Let's go get orange slices. Yeah. Who wants some high C? Yeah. You know, like you, you remember high C in the yes. can where your mom had popped? No, you don't. Shut up. Yes, I do. Who wants a Capri Sun? Yeah, Capri Sun, high C. Yes. Yeah, you remember that? Well, yes. BYU, that's, I, I feel like. When you do hockey switches and 11 guys, look, twice last week, 11 guys went off, 11 guys came on defensively. That's what you I'm can't, saying, dude. You can't do that. It's, I'm, this, I'm done with it. You can't do it. I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. They're going to have to earn that now. But I will say, if they lose to Liberty, you have to, you have to consider replacing Kalani at the end of the year. Yeah. Because if you lose to Liberty, there's a real good chance you're a 6-7 win team. Yeah, you're going backwards. You can't. You're, yeah, exactly. And right. right now, you're going backwards. Let's be very exactly clear. Right. Like, if you lose this game, then you're, like, going severely backwards. But there's no doubt you've gone backwards here. Yeah. I, I, it, it, this is, I hope people understand. And, I, and I'm not. I don't think I'm being melodramatic about this or anything here on Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Um. It's this is a this is a real tipping point for BYU. Yeah. This Liberty game, and again, I'm I'm just gonna tell you the video we've played all week of Hugh Freeze telling his team, hey, this is the biggest home game we've ever played. B dramatic music in the background. Yeah. This is the biggest game we've ever played here at home. We still got it. This is why you guys come to Liberty. This is why. This is why you came to Liberty to play this game. Yeah. This is this this is why we bought ourselves a NASCAR sponsorship. Yeah. This is why. For those of you who are lucky enough, and I said lucky enough, for those of you who are lucky enough to play in this game Saturday night, uh, you're you're getting ready to make history. It is uh, without a doubt um, the biggest home football game this program's ever had. I came to this school for moments like this. You came to this school for moments like this. Every hotel in town is sold out. The stadium is sold out. Um, you'll be on national TV. It is a it is it is a big game. You don't approach it any different as far as preparation, but there's no hiding from this fact. And you are lucky and fortunate if you get to prepare to play it. And I want you to embrace that, and, and but at, at the same time, you must earn it. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. That is such good stuff out of Hugh Freeze. What's your lock on this game? I'm 42-24 BYU. 35-27, they scrape it out. 35-27? Yep. If quitter quarterback, noodle arm dude from Utah is the starting quarterback, they're not scoring 27 points. Okay, well, I'm glad you still have faith in that defense because I don't. I do. I do have level. Faith. 
All right. Uh, football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. 911, what's your emergency? Something is in my house. I'm sorry, say again? I smell something delicious and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, ma'am, can you describe it for me? It smells like golden crust, freshly shredded cheese, and pepperoni. Ma'am, ma'am, we've traced the smell and it's coming from inside your oven. What do you mean? It's a Papa Murphy's Jacko pizza, and it's just $10. Ah, amazing. Papa Murphy's. What am I supposed to do with this? My guy just hit the eject button right here, right after the Papa Murphy's pizza commercial. No, and for real, I, lo- I love the Papa Murphy's com- pizza commercial. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of confidence in, in BYU this week, and I know that... He's going to come back and sit down here and tell you that this defense is capable of stopping this team. I don't have any trust or any desire of any level that they're going to stop the run or do anything this week. And I think that they'll win this game on offense, but there's a there's a chance they could lose it on defense. Whew. I floated over to the bathroom that time. Yeah, I know. Uh, thirty-five. I think 35-27 is craziness. Well... I mean, you. this needs to be a decisive win for me. I'm just telling you, like, how, like, we're... we're you're a fool if you think that they're that if you trust it they're going to win this game comfortably. Wow, are you guys kidding me right now? Um, let's see. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says uh, uh, K cheesy Q. Does that mean Q? Yeah, Q. Cheesy background music for this Liberty video. Tanner says a motivational speech and cheesy music doesn't change the fact that BYU should win this game. However, I'm with Jake. I'm fifty fifty on this game. Oh, stop. He says thirty one twenty eight. Come on, thirty-one twenty-eight. What? Why are you? Why do you believe that they're going to win this game handily? Because like, I just think, having watched Liberty highlights the last two days and really gotten into what they do, they're just not. They're not bigger. They're not faster. They don't execute at a real high level. They don't have the talent. I mean, like looking at looking at Liberty's schedule. And looking at, at, at what they do and, and how they do it, um, I just don't I don't see at all that Liberty one has been tested in any way, shape, or form. Like if you if you look at it, I mean, just the opponents, Southern Miss, UAB, Wake Forest, they lost to Wake Forest. Um, Akron, Old Dominion, UMass, Gardner Webb. They Gardner Webb took them to the limit 21-20. I, I just, they're, they're not like it took them four OTs to beat Southern Miss, right? Like I just don't see that they're capable of, of doing what needs to be done to, to beat BYU. And when you look at their, you look at their talent it, and listen, if, if, do I say his name? No. If, if noodle arm quitter quarterback plays for them, they're probably in better shape, but Jonathan Bennett is not is is no world beater you know like I, I look at I look at Bennett and I know he's three no and I I know his numbers look better than they are but you know I just don't I don't know man I I don't and they don't have a this running isn't back about Liberty it no. is about Liberty uh, I don't think it so. is because Liberty's not and with all due respect day day Hunter's a nice little running back but Day Day Hunter isn't putting up even a hundred yards against Gardner Webb. With all due respect, you're not running for a hundred yards on Gardner Webb. You think you're giving up 150, 200 yards rushing to to Liberty when they can't run for 150 yards against Gardner Webb? 
Like that's what's crazy to me is he's a he is a good D two running back. And yeah. if they give if if this game is thirty one twenty eight and they give up, I don't know what would it be. 150. 150 yards on the ground, they should fire Tuiaki and make him find his own way home. Like Lane Kiffin that ass on the on the in the locker room. But 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 that's kind of Are my you point. kidding me? That's why that's why I think we're in different places with this team right now. I don't think this team is that far away from that with Tuiaki at the helm. I don't think that that like they didn't like Liberty isn't running great because they're playing teams that are stacking the box against them to stop the run on first down. Yeah, I Dude. Are we going to see that out of BYU? I don't have any faith in that. There's no way on, well, no way. There, there's no way, guy. There, there's just no way that you can, you can convince me. I, I don't. I, I'm telling you now. If they run for 150 yards, 200 yards, we'll be here Monday calling for Tuiaki's ass. Like I, I'm not even joking. You, you, at some point, BYU has to stand up and, and decide who they are. Are we my best friend's a defensive coordinator, even though he's not very good at this? Or I took over the defense, we pounded Liberty, let's move on with our lives. Because I, I, nobody at so BYU that's what about. Nobody at BYU is here to win six, seven games a year. Nobody. And the fact that you've won 10 games over the last couple of years doesn't mean it's okay to win seven games this year. Yeah. Because it's not. And I, you, no, 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 no. That you can't, no. Uh, let's see. Eric and Raleigh says Liberty overlooked the Gardner Wegg game. Could be. Absolutely. Uh, M Moore says Liberty has BYU of old vibes, but BYU better pull this game out. It's not pulling the game out. Like B are BYU fans this skeptical? Okay. This is, this is, I think we're just in different mindsets. Like my okay. mindset on this game is BYU does not deserve trust in this game. BYU does not deserve the benefit of the doubt. BYU doesn't, has not earned, earned you know, my respect on defense. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, they can stop the run effectively. Yeah. Is it Liberty? Is it some Jamoke D2 running back? Yeah, it is. But that doesn't mean that I trust that the scheme is going to be able to stop the run. I don't. Wow. Teddy Wayman says 42-24 BYU. Look at that. Yeah. And that's great. And I hope that that's the result we get. I really do. That frankly should be the result. <laughs> it should be a dominating win. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm tired of yeah. sitting here on Fridays talking about how, yeah, they should be in the Notre Dame game. They should be in the they should be in the Oregon game. They should be in this Arkansas game. And then they go out and get their ass kicked. I'm done with that. Yeah, I don't know. I I uh Kurt Meyer says this is a bowl game for Liberty and BYU has sucked at bowl games for the last decade. Well, I mean this is not Arkansas is probably the big I think Arkansas has or I want to say Liberty has Arkansas on their schedule. Next, yeah, they're BYU at Arkansas, at UConn, Virginia Tech, New Mexico State. I mean, Hugh Freeze has them bowl eligible already. So, I mean, it, listen, BYU is four and three. Like, how are we having this conversation? If they lose to Liberty, I, I, I think you have to fire Tuiaki because this will be a defensive problem, not an offensive problem. Yeah, you know, like I, I just don't see that. I, I don't see that they can hang with BYU. I don't. And yeah. like theoretically they shouldn't be able to, but I Yeah. I don't know. Whether it's the missed tackles, whether it's whether it's scheme dropping eight, like the defense has has work to do. The defense needs to get right. And I hope they do. Like to be clear, it's so much better for us when BYU is winning football games. Like 
I want them to win the game and I want them to do it in a dominant fashion, but I, I just, I don't know. I've lost my trust on that defense. I have, and it's not, well, it's not great. I don't know, man. I, I think it, one of the things that is very interesting to me is that this is a make or break moment. I, maybe I'm making too much of it. I, I don't know. I it, BYU fans, I'd love to hear from you on this. I feel like I could be making too much of this. I absolutely could. Jeremy Bolton says BYU wins 91 to 2. Jaron comes hey out on fire. Kalani calls a punt block on every down for defense. Hey guys. Well, Kalani calls a punt block on every down. <laughs> Derek Gray says uh, no new set today, guys. No, not today. Monday. Monday. Mrs. And trust Monty, us, we're annoyed about it. Mrs. Monty was a bit lazy yesterday, and she was out hunting for Christmas trees instead of building our studios. So, you know, stuff happens. And then she had to stop by the store and get bonbons again. Like, she just was distracted. Yeah. But she uh, promises us, you know, are we going to have a Christmas tree in the new studio? Oh, we should. Totally, we should. We a, should? Oh, boy, here oh, we God. go. Yes. Oh, my God, I'll cut one down and okay. put it in the studio. Okay, let's turn her mic off. Um, <laughs> uh, I yeah. Uh, Boyd Lake says Coogs win, but Tuiaki's make a wish defense, make a wish defense, make a wish defense. Uh, gives another <laughs> average quarterback the night of his life. I've heard that about Tuiaki the night of his life. Um, you know, I I I'm probably making too much of this. I I probably am making way too much of this. Uh, I, but I feel like this is a moment in time. I don't think you're time. making too much of the situation. I just think we disagree on the defense and what this team's going to do to Liberty. Like, <laughs> Kenai Johnson says, breaking news, BYU has offered Danny Ainge a position in their front office. The ink isn't dry yet. Card-carrying member. Absolutely. Rhett Williams says, is the set going to be okay for tonight? It won't be. I Actually, don't think anyway. Well, I mean... We have to define okay. I mean, we're tomorrow is setup day because, it, like, in non-specifics, we we should have been there today, but there was some delays and some things that were out of our control that yeah. we were not able to get, and so that's pushed us back till Monday. We're really hoping, as far as the show is concerned, that's pushed us back till Monday. But we're really hoping to be in there tomorrow for uh, the second game this weekend for the Grizzlies, and we're hoping to be full go but like you'll see it tonight if you go to the game like the walls are wrapped there's stuff in there like yeah it look it, quite literally right now what our studio at maverick center is is it's completely built the waymans did a great job they crushed it yeah um yesterday it got wrapped by queen of wraps so the wall wrap is in place the door wraps in place um you know the rc willie furniture's in place like the rug the chair it quite literally is we need to move all of our equipment from here to there and we haven't been able to do that because the studio logistically has not been done. Um, it's been sitting constructed for two weeks, um, but we were waiting for internet and we were waiting for wrap and we were waiting details. for details, details, details. So it's I, honestly, one of the things we've really struggled with is, is timeline and, and availability of product through the pandemic. I, I there is, I, if I hear one more time, Hey, I can't get this or I can't get that or supply chain. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. What what supply chain is is that it's absolutely hampered us. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Casey Finlinson, good morning to you, friend. He says Tuiaki gets a lot of blame. Uh, however, I fully believe that until Ed Lamb is gone, BYU will struggle. Yeah, I think that boy, Ed Lamb's another one. Um, Kalani Sataki is the guy that should get the blame. He's the head coach. Yeah. 
he should get the blame because this is not the first issue we've seen from, you, you know, from Tuiaki's defense. Elisa Tuiaki is, I'm sure, a phenomenal football coach. He's in over his head at BYU. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Arkansas, Arkansas exposed that. You look at, yeah, and this 11-11 swap thing is embarrassing. Yeah, if you're not embarrassed by that, I mean, it's crazy. But my problem is, is that with the 11-11 thing. That mentality is pervasive through the program. The the garbage about rotating the right right side of the offensive line with Harris and Suamataia right there is ridiculous. Those two guys should play every offensive snap that you get, right? Because what did we get from Kalani earlier in the week? Well, Puka didn't get the ball, and uh, we only played like 46 offensive snaps, so that's not going to be good enough. Well... If you know you're only getting 40 to 50 offensive snaps, I would expect your best talent to be out there every single snap. And so whether we're talking about the defense subbing 11 or we're talking about this stuff on the offense, like, that's what I mean. That's why I say, like, I know it's Liberty. I agree with you. They should kick the living hell out of this team. This should not be – this should be some USF-level domination. You know what I mean? Like, and that's I don't, what this I, should be. And I don't – Lamb – the special teams has been a huge problem, and he is the special teams coach at BYU. I totally understand that. Um, but you can't tell me that that Ed Lamb is singularly responsible. You know, like, I, I just – I don't buy that. Yeah. I, I don't see that Ed Lamb, you know, and I want to say he's coordinator of – like, he coaches safeties as well as special teams. Like, I don't see that – the kicking is a huge problem. Yeah. Kicking is a huge problem. But kicking wouldn't be a problem if, if dude didn't have the yips. Like, there, there's no fix for the yips. Like, you can't – I mean, they've tried a different kicker. He's missed it. Like, what do you do? Yeah, I think – and I'd have to look up the rest of their staff. I, 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 don't, I don't think – and again, this is just my opinion. I don't think that Ed Lamb is nearly the problem that yeah. people make him out to be. Yeah. I think Elisa Tuiaki – it needs to fall on the on the sword. I mean, it is it is just not. This is just not. What? How do I say this gently? I just don't believe that this is what we should be doing as a football team. Yeah. And I think if you saw this at Utah, people would be outraged about it. But why would you never see this at football? Because at I Utah. just at Utah rather because I just don't think that's what this team does. Yeah. And when you look at Elisa Tuiaki. He's a defensive coordinator and the defensive line coach. The defensive line has been terrible this year. And really, it's been the last couple of years. You are not, athletically, you are not good enough. Um, I look at the interior of that defensive line, you're getting dominated. Um, you are not, in my opinion, I, I don't see linebacker play that supports a, a defensive line. Mm -hmm. I don't see Tyler Batty being asked to drop back in coverage is ridiculous and Ed, Ed Lamb can't fix that. Yeah, and I look at I look at guys like, um, you know, Kevin Clune, for instance. I mean, how much impact does Kevin Clune have on the overall defensive package? Yeah, as a linebacker coach, I I don't know. Um, you know, I look at it at, at, you know, the corners. the 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 secondary on this defense is not the problem it has historically been. Mm -hmm. Yet now the defensive line is not improved. The secondary's improved. The linebackers have improved, but the defensive line is not improved. You're playing a 3-8 scheme. Where, why are you not playing a true 3-4 or a true 4-3? Three? 
when you have this kind of linebacker talent, why are you why are you not leveraging them? It it the problem in my eyes is that BYU BYU is running a scheme that doesn't make a lot of sense for the talent they have. Yeah. You know, and and I think that when you are BYU and I know we talk about this a lot here on the show, Football Friday by the way, presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Um, I just don't, I don't understand why schematically they do the things they do. Yeah. It makes no, I, every single week I say to myself, what the flip are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? What that stunt with the, the 11, 11 swap last week is it, it, it I, it's inexplicable. Yeah. It's pop Warner football. Totally. But that's it. Rotations on the offensive line. Inexplicable. I, I don't understand it. Max Tooley not being on the play on the field for every single play is inexplicable. And we hear all about, well, rotations and we got to bring guys up. Well, actually, you don't. Make them earn their reps in the game and practice. And then if they're not going to perform, the offensive line is the best example I have of this. I don't think the offensive line's a problem. But you have a guy that's a Remington candidate in Connor Pay, and you you're taking him out of the game. Like, what are we doing? Why is Harris Lachance being rotated at right guard? Because I can tell you right now, Harris and Suamataia have been a formidable pair on the right side. Yeah. But you're rotating offensive line? Like, it, philosophically, nice. philosophically, this football team is broken. And I will go, a fur, I will go one step further. The, the, the administration at BYU is not cohesive. And I've, I know I say this every week about BYU, but it is what it is. They are not in alignment. There is not alignment between athletics and football. And there is not alignment on how to spend money, how to, like, they, they, it is dysfunctional. The football program is dysfunctional right now. A lot of that is on Tom Homo, but I think a lot of it is over Tom Homo. I think a lot of it is on Kalani. I think Kalani needs to install better middle management in his football program. Will it happen? I don't know. They lose this game to Liberty, and you have to terminate Tuiaki on Monday. You're not going to do it on Sunday, but on Monday, you you need to do that. I mean, you have to do that. Yeah. If you're going to fire Ty Detmer, who yeah. I totally get it. He wasn't Kalani's guy. I totally understand that. If you're going to fire Ty Detmer, knowing who Ty Detmer is, you're certainly able to fire Tuiaki. Thanks. Let's not, and let's stop being this nicety that you talk about. I agree with that. Let's stop being nice and let's start winning football games. Yeah. Let's curb stomp people and drop 70 on somebody. Come on, let's go, Schlepprock. No, well, you know, we have 58 points, but Coach, he slapped us in the face. Well, you know what? Take the high road. No, let's take the low road and, and, and just run people over. Yeah. Send That's a message. What, it'd be beautiful to win this game 70 to 10. Yeah. It, that would be awesome. That's probably not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. I, I just, I think the biggest thing that concerns me is all of the, 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 the talk now that there is a split between the players and Tuiaki that, that Elisa Tuiaki has lost the, the confidence of his players. And that's why today the, you know, the, the BYU story is, has Kalani Sataki lost his football team? Come on, man. And I don't believe that to be true. But when we're talking to starters on defense who are telling us, hey, when that play call comes in, there's a loud groan in the huddle. And if that's truly the case, why is Tuiaki still here? Yeah. 
because this isn't all on the players. Are the play? I think this all this talk that we've had about are the players in the right spot? Hey, the players got to tackle. I think a lot of this is that their hearts are not in it because they know that the scheme is bad. Yeah, I I do believe that that Dude, there if you is. You don't believe in the play call. You're not going to play hard. Like I think that's a problem. That's just what it is. That is a problem. Yeah, there is no doubt is, about dude. that. There, there is no doubt about that in my mind. Yeah. Uh, Boyd Lake says Kalani can replace Tuiaki himself for the rest of the season. Tanner Plummer says, "Well, I, but I also think you you hand things off and you promote and I mean you look at some of the the defensive staff. I mean you look at Preston Hadley. Preston Hadley's ready for more responsibility, in my opinion." Um, you know, you, you look at, you look at guys like Gennaro Guilford, you look at, I mean, the position groups that have been performing, I think you, you can spread out that responsibility. Yeah. Use your graduate assistants more, use your, you know, like use your, you know, use your guys a little more than that. And I think you have to do that. And I, I think you have to be able to, I just think you have to be able to go and do more than you're doing. Because I look at some of these numbers and it's incredibly frustrating to yeah. me. It's incredibly frustrating to me. Tomorrow needs to be a resounding victory. There's just no other. There's no other acceptable outcome. Yeah, there truly is not. Uh, Russell Desert Viking Anderson, who routinely sends me videos of himself <laughs> lifting really heavy stuff, um, says the dysfunction at BYU has destroyed the players' belief in the coaching. Imagine a confused and distracted pilot flying a jetliner. Well, that's you're not wrong about that. I mean, I I think I just think the def- on the defensive side of the football offense is fine. Like I I know five six guys on offense that nobody has a problem on offense. The issue is that the defense does not believe in their coach. What are we talking about right now? We're talking about belief and chemistry and division in the program. All those things are fixed with leadership. That's why Kalani needs to handle this. Like, Wait, you you cannot come out as a football player. You cannot come out wondering or guessing or hey, it is I, what needs to happen is if you're a Max Tooley or a Ben Bywater or whoever, if you're Gabe Summers. Yeah, you need to get the play call, understand your responsibility and what your job is, and go execute. But when the play call comes in and everybody's like, "Oh God, here we go," now we're dropping eight. It's first down. Guys are not going to do their job as effectively because they don't believe in the in in the system. Or Max is going to over pursue versus Oregon and miss like ten tackles. And where's the accountability on that? Which is the other thing, is that you you are from the coaching staff to the player lacking accountability. And so you what you have now is player to player accountability, which is not nearly as effective as coach to player accountability, which then builds the confidence in the leadership that allows you to have a culture of player to player accountability. Yeah. But when the coaches it, when the coaches have lost the confidence of the players and the players are doing their own thing, that's when this that's when this kind of defense happens. Because even if the scheme is complete garbage, you should be able to athlete your way to some success defensively. Right. They uh, Arkansas was a in the second half was a complete defensive meltdown. Just is what it is. That cannot happen Saturday, tomorrow. That that just cannot happen. You know, I, I just, you know. Um, is Saturday's game at Maverick 2 for hockey? Yes. Where else would it be? <laughs> what are you talking about? 
Um, Eric Rowley said a bad first half at Liberty should lead to Tuiaki's firing at halftime. Well, maybe. Well, maybe. Uh, Greg Hale says you can't expect to compare BYU football and Utah football. Utah actually wins games. Yeah, unless it's the Rose Bowl. Okay, wow. That was one of the best Rose Bowls in history. That might be true, but we're not talking about whether it was the best or not. We're talking about winning football games. You know, Boyd Lake says uh, Tuiaki has made his his team look foolish. No doubt that erodes confidence and culture. This is yeah. it. That that I'm a, I am rarely the guy that you will hear say fire the coach. This goes down like this Saturday in in Lynchburg. You 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 will need to change the defensive coordinator. Seriously. Uh, I don't think Kalani has lost the team, but it's certainly trending that way, Tanner says. Riley O'Brien, what's up? Good to see you. Boyd Lake says, uh, I would give it to uh, Guilford. Promote Jan Jorgensen. Jan's an interesting name. He's not a defensive coordinator, though. But he certainly is somebody that I've heard a lot about this year. Uh, James Knight says, if any team sport, if you lose the buy-in of your players, it's over. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. In 2010, Bronco fired his DC and took over the defense, and the defense played significantly better. However, if Kalani did that, it might be different. Why would it be different? I don't know why it would be different, but who knows? Ruff's official says head coaches need to have more culpability in bad offense defense. They have a lot of influence over both. Yeah, but I think coaches are designators. I mean, you're distributors. And you just kind of oversee everything. Until it goes sideways, and then we're waiting for you to make a change. Yeah. Uh, Boyd Lake says trust has to be earned. When it's lost, it takes a ton of work to win it back. It does. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You know, it, it is, you know, yeah. Tanner Plummer said, so Boyd, if BYU shuts out Liberty, how much trust would we have won back? Well, I mean, you have to win a lot back. Yeah. But it depends on how that happened. If BYU shuts out Liberty, Kalani's calling the plays. Yeah. And this is a multi-week thing, though. You need to understand that. Like, great. Yeah. So you did that against Liberty. What's next? Yeah. Uh, Zesty says, who you got this weekend, Kansas or Baylor? Baylor's winning that game. Yeah. Kansas is is kind of coming back to earth. Baylor's too physical. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes into this stuff. Yeah. 42-24, BYU wins the game. Yeah. And I think Kalani has a much heavier hand on defense. 35-27, BYU. Well, if it's 35-27, I mean, yeah, that would be – I would be worried about that. Yeah. I, if it's 35-27, that's not a particularly encouraging outcome. That's just my opinion, but I don't know. I guess maybe I have expectations. Um, you know, ooh, Oregon State's going to be without Chance Nolan again, according to uh, Pete Thamel. What do you make of this Oregon-UCLA game? It's at Eugene. Yeah, I think UCLA is going to go win the game. You That's think UCLA's think. Yeah, beating them? I think I think I think DTR's ability to throw the football is the X factor for him because everyone knows what he can do on the ground. But now if he's able to fit it into tight windows, yeah, I think you have a chance to go up there and win that game. Tight windows is not a euphemism, though, right? No. Okay. I, I mean, I'm just asking. Um, I think that Oregon's winning this game. I think the way that you're seeing that defense perform at Oregon, they've gotten better. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been tested. Uh, they have consistently answered the bell, and I think that Bo Nix has figured out he's not a thrower, he's a runner, and he is dominating fools on the ground. I still have real questions about that UCLA defense. Um, on the road at Eugene, I think that's a very difficult place for them to win. 
I'm trying to get the line on that game, but I, my immediate reaction is that I, I would much, I think I would probably favor, oh, that's interesting, uh, Oregon six and a half. At home, Oregon is less than a touchdown favorite. Mm-hmm. 130 on Fox. Um, you know, they're both coming off of bye weeks, which obviously, I mean, for UCLA, they needed that. Yeah, UCLA has a chance to win this game because of DTR's ability. That That's that's what it is. You need an X-Factor guy when you go up there. It's a very difficult Six place to go and win a game. Like, you, you, you need you – need Charbonnet and DTR to get it going. And if that happens, if they're able to run the football a little bit on that defense, I think they're going to be fine. I, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, Bo Nix is great at home. So being that this is a home game for him, he's obviously going to be a big factor in the game, but I just, I don't know. There's just, I just feel like UCLA has ability. UCLA has speed. They have the ability to hang with Oregon, you know, in that way. So that's why I think they're going to be in this one. Yeah, I think Noah Sewell and that duck defense is too good. I'm going to – this, but this does feel like a shootout. I will say that. It feels like a 30-point game. Yeah. Um. So I'm probably somewhere, you know, 34-27. It's going to be one of those games where one one mistake will make it. Yeah. I know Bo Nix is prone to those big, big interceptions in big games. I mean, that's why he's not at Auburn anymore. But, yeah, I'd probably lean uh, Oregon in this game just because of where it is. You know, like it, it's, yeah, that'll be interesting. Rhett Williams says, watch BYU lose to Utah Tech this year. Not going to happen, but would be crazy. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Uh, Boyd Lake said, I heard Hugh Freeze is 50-50 against Saban. Is that true? I don't know what that means. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, Kurt, that was Robert and I's mentality, not Bronco. Kurt said, I heard, I hated Bronco's go fast, play hard mentality. The BYU defensive scheme assures that defenders are incapable of playing man-up defense. Yeah, go fast, go hard was absolutely Bobby and I. Uh, but I also think that, that you know, playing with pace, you know, like two-minute offense in the middle of the game is common. Uh, I See, I guess where I'm, I'm different from most people is I pretty I believe that they have the athletes to be very good defensively. Yeah, I think BYU They have could, the talent. They just yeah. don't execute. Yeah, That's I the think issue. so. Yeah. I think so. 100%. You know. uh, Justin Salas said, had a meeting I had to run to. Where did it, we end up with the tree situation? Did Monty cave? What do you mean, did Monty cave? Yeah, let's let's end the show talking about the tree. How about that? Why Why would we do that? Why would we end the show talking about the tree when we could talk about barbecue pit stop instead? Well. Why would we do that? When we could talk about smoking tree on a smoker, how about we, yeah, how about some, uh, how about some pine? Yeah. You know, like it. Yeah. Pine pellets. Pellets, yeah. Pellet oak, smoker. Oak, cherry pellets. Mm-hmm. Um, smoking is not nearly as complex as people think it is. Um, I was one of those guys. I didn't understand how easy it is to use a smoker. Um, you know, it's it's funny that it, our our guy Bam Bam barbecue yesterday. Yes. He fed the Utah Grizzlies yesterday. Um, and looking at guys like Cameron that know how to do barbecue, like, if you're going to smoke well, you're going to use a smoker. And you are going to you're going to cook well, you're going to use a smoker. And there's no better place to get that equipment. There's no better place to get the seasonings, the sauces, the rubs. Um I'm a Traeger Ironwood 885 guy. The Timberline series looks amazing. Absolutely looks amazing. 
Um, I would love a Timberline, but I'm an Ironwood guy and it rocks. Like when we made our Papa Murphy's pizza on the Ironwood the other night, amazing. Um, whether it's wings, whether you're a brisket guy, the briskets that we've made on there have come out awesome. Chops, wings, you name it, on the smoker, you can do that. Pork butt. Uh, Clinton at uh, Lehigh uh, has a video up on how to smoke a turkey breast. Yeah. Whatever you can think of. If you're a vegetarian, those cauliflower wings and that wing dust at, at um, Barbecue Pit Stop, awesome. Check it all out online. Get on their website, bbqpitstop.com. Chat with them. You can ask them questions. Hey, what's the best seasoning for a turkey on a smoker? Monty told me you guys are amazing because I heard about you on the Monty show. Yeah. Absolutely. Make sure you chat with them online. And go into their locations. Their stores all have meat counters now. Um, the one in Logan is the the nicest butcher shop I think I may have ever been in. Um, find their stores. Logan, Lehigh, Layton, St. George, and of course, our good friends in Murray. Barbecue Pit Stop. BBQPitStop.com. So just again, you're you're sticking at 3527 BYU. You're crazy. You're crazy. BYU score predictions, by the way. Uh let's see. NY Monty fan says every backyard maven or grill master of the neighborhood needs a pellet grill. Don't talk to me about charcoal. Flat iron grills or propane. It just is what it is. Yeah, dude. That's exactly right. Yeah. Sorry, folks, that's, that's what it is. It's exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, as far as Justin Salas's question go, real men know that we're the king of our castle, even though the wives pretty much control what's in the moat. Um, you know, but as a as a man, I've realized that with all this testosterone flowing through my unit, I just have to be able to. I'm a man. Make decisions for the household. Right. Like I said, I'll go cut down a tree. We'll make some content on it. I'm sure because we film everything we do. I will. I'll go cut down a tree. I'm fine with that. Um, but I want to put it up either in the backyard on the patio or in the front yard with all the lights and accoutrements. Okay. But so here's my question. What is the point of going and doing it? If it's just going to sit outside, is that, I mean, is that tradition? Is that well, what you're one, supposed to do? No, no, but we already have a tree that we paid $250,000 for 300. Same thing. Um, we already have a tree inside the house. I don't see why we would need to go and cut down a tree outside. I mean, I understand that Mrs. Monty is kind of, um, you know, brilliant, high maintenance with this stuff. Wonderful, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant is not the word that I would use. I but mean, you, we, you could like, you could, what? That motion is not, you know, you know you the, need to, yeah, you know, you know yeah, whatever. Right, yeah. Uh, right. We all know that Mrs. Monty doesn't run my household, right? <laughs> yeah. We all know that she's the only reason that Mrs. Monty is the only reason we have two dogs. Right. Um, because she showed up with a dog and I didn't have a choice. I mean, that is that that is actual fact. No, no, no. So I could have no. said no to the second dog. Well, you I could called have. and asked. Hey, no, 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 no. We're no. here. There's this adorable little dog hey for adoption. Hey guys. We you know, we'll walk him with Rhino. Hey we'll test it out. Let's be honest. And Let, you when, said okay. When they're like, honey, there's this cute little puppy. Daddy. If you, I want to get it. And if you ever want to have sex again, you should probably say yes. Keep it real. <laughs> That's what those conversations are about. We all know no. that. We oh, all know that. No. no. You know. Honey. Anyway, the point is, I'm right. all for going and chopping a tree down. I actually like the wilderness and stuff. 
Um, wilderness but, and stuff. You know, it's like when he goes out to the backyard, he's like the wilderness. How and far stuff. is the drive to go to find a tree? What What are we talking about? Is this the Cottonwoods or what are we looking at? Uh, Camus, about an hour. Little oh, Camus. Okay. Who, but people go to Camus to get kidnapped. Okay, I don't know about I all that. I don't think so. I, I'm not afraid to die. No. I, well, nope, nope. You know, when I die, I'm I going mean, to paradise. There's several places we, you can go further if you like, but no. There's Camus's one. And then how are we going to get this thing home? That's the other question. You bring bring a tarp. You wrap it up in the tarp like the moving blanket. Notice she said you wrap it up in the tarp. Not I'm going to wrap wrap it up in the tarp. Is that a euphemism? Yeah. It goes on top of the Jeep. I'll put a tarp over it. How about that? And you drive home. Uh, Anyway, the point is, no, we're not going to Camus. Um, (laughs) I mean, if you want to find another, nothing good, nothing good comes from or happens in Camus. Right, right. Uh, I'll just come home with a tree. You'll just wonder where it came from. Maybe. That's fine. Which is what you're going to do. Because that's what Mrs. Monty does. She's like, hey, where do you want to go to dinner? Oh, yeah, cool. Let's go get spicy Indian food. I like that, too. Then we wind up getting spicy Indian food. Fake you know. news again. So, so what size of a tree are you looking for? Is there like a? Oh, and this is the other conversation. Yeah, if we're doing it, we're doing a huge tree. We're doing a. a we're we're going big. I mean, when you got lumber up in the house, man. You, you yes, know. yes, yes. No, I'm probably looking for like a six or seven foot tree. <laughs> Why? What's the? Get a fifteen footer. It won't fit in our freaking living room. Right, because we're not bringing it in the house. <laughs> That's the whole point. Oh, boy. Look at me. Oh, boy. So we're not going to do the regular tree this year. You know, let's just see how it goes. We may not be able to find a tree that we like out in the wild. Okay. Here's one thing I can assure you, friends. If we go out in the wild, this woman is finding a tree. She will not allow me to leave the wild without finding a tree. You, you just know that's a fact. Well, let's just see how it goes is code for we're getting a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Get the chop out. Yeah. I'm not. No. If we're going, we're getting a tree. I mean, that's that's the simple point of it. I don't want it in the house. So what say do I have over what comes in the house? Yeah. Or maybe who comes in the house? Why don't you want it in the house? Be- okay. <laughs> I think we've talked about this. Because we're going to burn the house down with it. You're so it's, fucked. It's messy. You won't water it. And you routinely kill plants. So... That's why you I don't know. want it in the house. Lies. Are you a green thumb? No, um, I'm not a green thumb, but I don't um, kill all plants. Um, I don't. Um, so okay, no, me, you're stop. right. It's an. I'm being. A, I'm. I'm exaggerating. She kills most plants. <laughs> not all. Bro, you're a savage, man. You're an absolute savage. Jake, do you have like a digging Dude, a hole? Kind bro, of a... you know. Dude. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think we should do it, but, um, you know. Can we put it in the front yard or in the backyard? Put it by the hot tub. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Sitting in the hot tub for sexy time, we can look at the Christmas tree and give thanks for that booty. You know. I'm a man. Uh, Perhaps. Perhaps. What if we put it in the backyard? We can run a, 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 an extension cord to it. There's electricity right there on the deck. Right, but you want electricity next to the water. I mean, in the middle of like the, we have a little patio that we got conned into. You're going to see that in the hot tub? Yes, you can. If we get like a 10-foot tree, yes, you can. Anyways. Bigger is better. Right? I I don't (laughs) even know how you get a like big enough 
tree stand for a 15-foot tree. Don't they make them? I have no idea. Okay. Well. Anyways. But we can get a bigger tree. We can put it in the backyard. That'd be amazing. We'll we'll figure that out. (laughs) All right. Let's do our non-sports stories of the day uh, on the Monty Show. uh, Presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Uh, get off the hamster wheel looking for those side hustle friends and get to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Uh, and the thing that I always tell you uh, and the thing that I will continue to tell you um, is that if you're living your life to collect a paycheck every two weeks, like we're, we're sitting here joking about Christmas, there are people in this world that are struggling to pay for Christmas. A lot of people. Stop doing that. Stop living your life paycheck to paycheck. Get to TridayTrading.com slash Monty and make the money that you deserve. Um, have a great Christmas, have a great new year, buy that house, go on that vacation. Um, you know, put Christmas trees in your backyard because you work hard and you've earned it. And so I say to you, if, if you're the guy that sits in your car every night saying, how am I going to afford X? If you're driving home in misery, if you're waking up stressed about credit card debt, get to tridaytrading.com slash Monty. All you have to do is watch a free webinar. It costs you nothing. There is no obligation, and you're going to quickly learn that day trading is absolutely your ticket to prosperity. There are so many people that are thriving in day trading that there are new tax strategies specifically designed for day traders because you have to find a way to offset that tax liability from all the money you make day trading. Do it now, trydaytrading.com slash Monty. All right, can we talk about Netflix? Yeah. Netflix is now going to roll out their fees for sharing of passwords. And they've piloted this around the world. And in general, it's averaged about $2.99 per password. Now, as the other day happened on this show, Mrs. Monty, again, without consulting me, terribly vexed, just went and canceled our Netflix account. Right. I mean, you have until the 23rd to watch, but, you know. Yeah, I made a decision. (laughs) You encouraged me. Deal with it. I made a decision. Right? You know what was nice, though? Here was what was nice about canceling my Netflix account. I canceled my Netflix account, and the pain on your face was nice. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. They send you, like, the nicest, you know, confirmation saying hey uh we're we're confirming here's the date it ends but you're welcome back at any time if you come back within 10 months we'll still have all your history and all your stuff like it was the nicest cancellation where normally you get the like you know oh reduce it please are you sure you want to go like it was the nicest cancellation and i actually feel better about that knowing like hey if there's something that comes out on netflix i'm like damn i want to watch I would do it for a month or two. Like, you know. Would you pay? Because I think a lot of people share passwords on Netflix. Yeah. Moms, brothers, friends, right. girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should they have to pay for that? I mean, I, I think you probably, in our in this day and age, I think you probably have to make them pay for it. But what's the right amount for that? If you're, because what were we paying a month for Netflix anyways? Uh. 13, 15, I can't okay, let's call it let's call it 10 bucks a month so your Netflix is ten dollars a month right does that mean you should pay an extra dollar for every You're password? throwing our budget a little out of whack because what they're doing is they're giving you essentially your own account 
So you get your own, you get your own like favorites list. Like, Hey, this is Kimmy's password. Okay. Well, Kimmy gets her own favorites list and her own history. And right. Yeah. So they're like giving you things for it, but how $3 doesn't seem like too much to ask in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't know what you guys think, but $3 seems like the right amount. What do you mean? Here's the thing that prime is doing. That is totally opposite. Prime will let you share your account with people. Like it's not yep. an unlimited amount, but I know um, I don't have to share mine with anyone. But my, I know that my my mother, my sister, and a friend share an account, and they lived in three separate households in multiple states, and there's no additional charge. So now it's different. I, I mean, Prime is a lot more, but you get a lot more. It's not just streaming. So Netflix by charging. A couple of bucks on top of you know a thirteen dollar charge. Well, maybe a couple bucks isn't a big deal to someone. Maybe it is, but then again, maybe they're going to shift back over to Prime because they use Prime more because yeah. they're also ordering all their packages. But, they're ordering. But, I mean, groceries. Netflix. Ne but Netflix went through a subscriber purge last year, right? Mm -hmm. Right. I think. They boomed during the pandemic. You knew that was going to come back to life. Yeah. So a lot of people have canceled, but now they've picked up a million subscribers again. How much do you think this hurts Netflix? Do you think people will leave because of this? Because I really, I, honestly, I don't think that many people will leave. I really don't. I don't think that many people will leave and they're still like crazy profitable. So let's not, you know, like it's just going to put more money in their pocket Let's not sure. pretend that like, oh, they're struggling. Yeah. So they're, I think their stock price is around $3, which is actually, or, or shoot. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, it, it's a, it's a good return for their investors. They've done a good job. So no panic needed. Uh, you know, they, they lost some subscribers because the pandemic ended, but I think yeah. everyone is, is doing a right. There's sizing. a shift. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you will police it. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see exactly how this works out. IP but, addresses is more than likely what they'll be doing to try. But and I think, it. like Justin Salas makes a really good point, though. Yeah. Well, look, I have kids, and we're in an Airbnb, so this is not my normal IP address. I think it's going to be repeated, like. They won't care if you're in an Airbnb, if mm -hmm. there's the occasional, like it might send a text to your phone to say, hey, is this still you? Um, but then I think if it's consistent, yeah, you know, if you're signed in at one IP address or one GPS location, you have location tracking on and there's three other people signed in from three other locations, that's where you're going to hit so trouble. They're saying it's going to be a 60 second double authentication. So if you log into your Netflix account from your Airbnb, you're going to have 60 seconds to enter a code. So they're going to hit you with a text. As soon as they send that text, you have 60 seconds. Yeah. So I think they've, they've, I know they've piloted a ton of different things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you get a certain number of IP address changes. So, Hey, if you regularly watch, you know, Netflix on your home TV, but you go to an Airbnb, that won't be a problem. Right. Cause that's a one-off. Yeah. Um, hey, you get three of those per month, two of those per month, and then you got to pay every other time. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that this plays out. But I don't think there's going to be a mass purge of subscribers over this. No. I, I, I really don't. 
And I think it's all about how much that costs. Jeremy Bolton says, as mayor, I hereby declare that every household in Monty Town is required to have a real Christmas tree in their house. Failure oh, to oblige. <laughs> failure to oblige is a fine of receiving RSL uh, season tickets. Well. Some people would be excited about that. M- My Monty fan says, well, then I would listen because Bolton would li- light, light you up. Well, there's that. Um, see what he said. He's going to light, light you, you up. Like, like Christmas you know, tree like with the lights. Like yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Like a, Tom Basilius right. said, won't wash dishes. Won't put six to seven foot trees in the living room. What did, uh, what did you see in this guy, Mrs. Monty? I so ask don't her even that think all, about messing with me. Ask her that all, all the time. Uh, Deuce says, canceled by Netflix account. I don't even use it enough for it to be worth it. Hulu next. There's a lot of that, too. If you're if you really want to watch something, buy it for a month, watch it and be done. That's I have friends who are not like they are not cash strapped. They're just money like frugal and they love watching um shoot on Apple TV, hmm. Ted Lasso. Love it. When the season drops, they pay for Apple TV, they watch it and then they they cancel their subscription. Yeah. Like you can be smart about it. You don't have to they set it up to auto-renew because they know that most people won't stop it. But if you're smart about it, you can stop it. Yeah, I guess. I don't, I, I don't know. I think it's interesting. Rhett Williams says Netflix going to lose all their subs if they crack down on that. Yeah, maybe. I don't think they will. Uh, Teddy says, I canceled my Netflix about a month ago. Don't have time for it. And I think Prime is just better. I don't have time to sit and watch TV either. Yeah. So I just decided, hey, you know what? It's yeah. finally time. Yeah. Uh, Joshua uh, says they are on the last season of Stranger Things in Umbrella Academy. I think they'll be in trouble in a year or two. They'll always have. They'll oh, they're always, always going to have new content. Yeah, they, they will. Well, this is part of the reason they're rolling this out, though, because of the cost of production to create the content. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I I just think people don't have the time and space anymore to sit around and watch Netflix. I And by the way, with an economy that's that is is sputtering. I think people are more focused on building business. And I again, I maintain if you have the means, I would absolutely be looking at building your own business because that's how you get through things. The, the issue is, in, in the economy anyway, that um, who who be calling me at this hour, man? Spam. Uh, I don't think it is spam. It just says wireless caller. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say this, though. The economy is not actually sputtering. Companies are making more no, money no. than they have the economy, ever made. The economy in our country is not sputtering. Yeah. The issue, like, look at what's going on in the UK. Did you get that? I mean, their their flipping prime minister lasted four days oh, or forty five days. Yeah. Trust or whatever her name is. Trust. Yeah. And now she's out. Yep. Like the issue is globally. I I, I think this thing in Russia is a is a big deal. I mean, like, a, a, you look at the the way that the 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 Russia Ukraine thing and. You know, the Saudis controlling oil, like the, the global economy is a struggle right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're dealing with. Like, I don't think the American economy is struggling. It's not. We're, we're having the issues we're having because of global impact. Yeah. So people don't have time to sit around anymore nearly as much. Like, I can tell you right now, since we started this thing at Maverick Center, we, we I mean, I'm we're gone almost all day long. Yeah. It's It's crazy. To me, how long we are gone? Like it is, you just don't have, you know, you just don't feel like it. Yeah, NY Monty fan says Saudi stooge. Seriously, seriously. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Plummer says uh, Netflix will always have um, Cobra Kai. 
Right? Cobra Kai is super duper popular. Yeah. Is Cobra Kai good though? Mm. I've and never watched, watched it. it. Yeah. I have never watched it. There's some it. people who love it, just love it. But there's all kinds of shows on there that are good. You know, really good shows, but we just don't have time. And I think a lot of people also figured out, like, I, I don't know, but for for us, I think the pandemic reinforced how much we really want to be out snowboarding. We really want to be active. We bought a Jeep so we can off-road. We, you know, like, yeah. we're doing stuff and we're also trying to create a business. We just don't have time. Don't have time uh, to watch honest TV. Honestly, God, we, we really don't. And I think even if you look at DirecTV, like... I just think our entertainment options have changed. Yeah. And with the exception of the jazz who seemingly will never change, everybody else is available by phone. Like, you know, direct TV, I was looking at it last night because yeah. I wanted to lay in bed and watch a game um, while I was preparing for the show. And you can do direct TV mobile only now, but you can stream on direct TV. That's it. Like, I mean, there's just, there's too many options out there to sit around and pay money that you don't need to. Yeah. You know, like it, it's just, yeah, it's seriously. crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, Connor Tulin says, we have over a hundred billion a month trade deficit with the rest of the world. Also, we have negative GDP growth in the last half of the year with 8% inflation, not a struggling economy. I, but I think there's a lot of global impact in that. Like, if you look at the, if you look at, like the Saudis are the perfect example of this, there is no reason for the Saudis and OPEC to be cutting production. Demand is not down, and they are simply they are simply doing it to to regulate and drive up the price of oil. Yeah, because they know that people have to Making pay it. money. They know that people have to pay it. And if you look at the the bigger issue is like our relationship with China is a huge problem. You look at what the impact on the European economy is with Russian oil. Like you look at all of the things going on around the world, and this story yesterday about how Putin wanted to do a nuclear test. And his generals ignored him. Think about that. Vladimir Putin wanted to test his nuclear capability. And the people around him ignored him. It's terrifying. Thankfully. So you look at what what you look at the things that we're talking about, and I don't know that we have seen a global economy be this unstable in I mean since yeah, the sixties and Russia needs 70s. To end. I mean it needs to end. There's and I don't, but conclusion. I don't know how it ends in Russia. You look it ends at what they're. Putin's dead. That's when it ends. Well, I don't even know that that will end it. You look at what's going on. In, you look at the Russia-Ukraine conflict now. Now we're getting into a different type of warfare. We are not seeing boots on the ground being the main way that the Russians are trying to win this war. Uh -huh. Now they're using missiles and drones, and they're blowing up educational infrastructure, and they are they are taking out power power to the you know across ukraine yep they're doing it much more hands off because you have men essentially if you are 12 years or older you are going into the military in russia you don't have a choice so what are men 12 years and older doing they're fleeing russia and it, it everything changes and evolves and people are reactive there is an it's that equal and opposite reaction right of every every move it all impacts the global economy. The strength of the dollar, the strength of the yen, the strength of the euro. That, I mean, Liz Truss was in power 45 days. She 45 days. Under, underestimated. <laughs> That's incredible to me that a, a, a world power like Great Britain elected somebody 
that was in power 45 days and then quit. Yeah. And she'll get a salary of like 129,000 pounds a year I... for the for like the rest of her life because she was in office for 45 days. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, it's cool. I'll leave. Thanks for paying me. Yeah. Yep. Connor says uh, people living paycheck to paycheck are struggling more than ever. More than ever. Yep. More than, and, and I, I know it's crazy, but this is why we talk about this on a daily basis. Go and do something. If you, when you think about what the, those words you just said are, people are living paycheck to paycheck. What does that mean? You are relying on somebody else to be a good business operator, to pay your bills. And I'm telling you, if I could put it in everybody's brain, I would figure out how to work for yourself, figure out how to make money for yourself, figure out how to stop relying on the payroll cycle to, to live your life. You're never going to prosper doing that. And I'm telling you, the corporations are fine. They are fine. They are up 70% in profits. It's you who is suffering. Like, I, and I, I hate to say that, but everyone thinks that we're in a bad economy. Amazon is not losing money. Companies are not losing money. You know what they don't want to do? They don't want to tell their shareholders that it costs more. Publicly traded becomes a problem because then they're required to answer to shareholders who want more and more and more and more, right? And that hurts you. Yes, it does. They are still making $30 billion a year they are fine yeah but it, it it this goes back to what i've always said like a, a paycheck is the drug they give you to forget about that your dreams is... man and i i just like i look at eric c eric c said i'm moving back home with my parents for that same reason connor living paycheck to paycheck they're not so happy about that well and, and but listen eric there's nothing wrong with moving back home jake lived at home until you were 25 right and i what did i always used to say say to you stay at home as long as you can stay home there's the, but if you're going to stay home, you better be home for a reason. Like uh, Eric, there's nothing wrong with moving home. It's not embarrassing. It's not humiliating. You're going to live in your mom's basement. There better be production happening. There better be, Hey, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm not going to pay rent or mortgage, but I'm going to take that money and I'm going to put it into building an Amazon store, or I'm going to put it into opening a taco stand yeah. or you better be building because I'm telling you, you can't continue to do the things that we've always done because the world is not the world we've always lived in. Yep. It's not. And there, there's too many. There's nothing wrong. And this is a really important point. We've got to stop oppressing people for driving Grubhub. We've got to stop judging people for driving Uber. There are ways to make money. But sometimes I think we don't facilitate people's grind. We don't, we don't care. And we have to care. You cannot in this day and age live paycheck to paycheck. Thanks. You're going to be homeless. You are going to be sick without health insurance. It's just the facts of the case. If you're going to live that lifestyle, I'm telling you, you are asking for trouble. You're, you're asking for trouble because it's only a matter of time. And we talk about this all the time. The person that you marry is a business decision as much as it is an emotional decision. If you're going to marry somebody that is not entrepreneurial minded, if you're going to marry somebody that's, man, I just want to kick out, I want to give birth to an infield and be a parent the rest of my life, I'm not here for that. 
Because in 2022 and 2023, that's not the way to thrive. Yeah. With all due respect, it's not, we don't need five more kids in the world. You want to have two kids? Hey, I'm all down with that. And I'm telling you, your wife is your business partner. She, yes, she is your, your, your lover. She is your best friend. She is your, your soulmate. She's your fucking business partner. And if you don't have the perspective that every decision you make in life is a business decision, and if you're not doing that, Mrs. Monty and I talk about this stuff all the time. We had a major business discussion last night. We talk about it all the time. If you are not married to your business partner, you're doing it wrong, in my opinion. I, I just, I don't know how else to say it. And I understand that sounds awfully judgmental, but man, I'm telling, I am telling you now, yeah. Eric, do not be embarrassed that you are moving home. But damn, bro, do something about that right? Like Eric, I think you're in San Diego if memory serves me right, right? It is impossible for 20 somethings to thrive in San Diego. Yeah. If you are single, look at what you're doing, dealing with, with taxes. Yeah. You're paying, Jake is paying over a thousand dollars to the IRS. Mm -hmm. And why is that? He's single. He rents an apartment. He doesn't own property. We just started a business this year. You can't continue to live your life this way. Yeah. You can't. And if you are if you are making bad choices, and I actually want to say Eric C, I could be wrong, has a really good girlfriend because she's messaged me. We've talked about him. But Eric, don't be hesitant for a second to live at home. If you're moving back home, it probably means your parents are supportive, would be my guess. I don't know. But if your parents were hellacious and it was terrible and oppressive, my guess is you probably wouldn't be moving back home. Yeah. Probably if you're not. moving back home and your parents are supportive, and we always tried to be supportive with Jake, and you couldn't wait to get out, and I totally understand that, but there's nothing wrong with that. And we have to be supportive. We have to support each other, grow together, learn together, exchange ideas. Instead of saying, oh, look at that chump Eric. He moved back into his mom's basement. What a dick. We need to be saying, hey, dude, that's awesome. I know that's got to be tough for you, man. I'm sure that you, you know you're not looking to you know, fertilize the fields of life in your mom's basement. You'd rather be doing that in the couch in your own house, right? But hey, man, it's cool. What are we going to do? Hey, what are you passionate about? What are you thinking about? What, what's your business idea here? What's your money idea here? Hey, let's, let's exchange ideas. Let's as friends get a circle together and come up with a business and share ideas and say, hey, you know, yes. that's a great idea, but let, what, have you thought about this? Or Yes, do that. Yeah. Because... It, use the time. And if your friends aren't encouraging you to take on something new or push yourself or do what you need, if you've got friends who are like, oh, cool, you live in your mom's basement now, just come over and hang out. You don't have to do it, you know? Like, no way. You need friends who are going to help push you. Yes. And I, I get that, that group of friends together and figure it out. Talk through it because they'll help you think through the things you're not thinking about and you can become more successful. Uh, I think it's, it, I grew up in Southern California. I knew living there, I would never be able to buy a home. I did not want to be house poor. So we both knew when we met, when we were there, that we weren't going to be able to buy a home in California. It wasn't until we moved to Utah, which I get it. Our prices are just goofy yeah. and terrible now, but at least it's better than California. I still have nieces uh, uh, that live there and I'm like, dude, I don't know how you do it, man. I don't know how you do it. How are you going to be able to buy no a idea. home? You're going to have to wait for somebody to die to inherit. 
and you're going to rent until that point. I have aunts and uncles who are still renting that they literally probably will not be able to buy until their mother passes and she's well in her 90s and doing all right. So, like, uh, you know, how long are you going to wait? Yeah. How long are you going to wait? I mean, the reality in California right now is you have to inherit something. I I mean, that it's no... We were just... Yeah, the reality in California is you shouldn't live in California unless you're able to inherit something. We were talking to a monster business person yesterday, like a huge business person yesterday about life in California. And this this woman said to us, hey, I had to leave California to realize what California was doing to me. And once you get out of California, you quickly realize that. Like, yeah. I don't know. I would love to we I would love to put together a mastermind. Like we it, it's something that we should be doing. You know, I mean, we very much especially through the pandemic, we insulated ourselves. And I think we have to get back out. We have to get back out as people trying to live our lives. We have to get back out and and start living again. Jake Gordon says, I'm a businessman making business decisions. That's right. That's right. Uh, CKS says, times have changed. It was unthinkable in my era uh, to still be in my mom's basement at 20 years old. Yeah, me too. I, I was out of my house at 17 and a half, Yeah, and that was back when houses were $200,000. Yeah. So, yeah. Justin Salas says, my problem is I don't know what to do with my money. I have a home and I'm turning it into a rental. But other than that, I'm just working my nine to five. Hey, man, you got to figure out what you're passionate about, which is not easy. What to do you do. like to do in your free time, bro? Yeah, it's not easy to do. I mean, it just, it is, yeah. It's tough, man. Teddy, uh, Greg Hawkins, what's up? Teddy Wayman says, being single and trying to buy a house right now is hard. And it's not hard, Teddy. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible, you know? Uh, Boyd Lake says, I'm over 50 and I'm still a student. I have been in and out of school my whole life. I'm on my second career. I'm currently looking at a master's program in my field. I will always be a student. Well, you're never too old to learn. I can say that. Uh, the Blind Swordsman DS, when I just moved out of my parents' house, I knew... I would never come back home, but I agree tearing uh, someone down because their living situation is dumb. Yeah. And and you have to, as parents, we have to be mentors. We can't be judgmental. The, again, something I say to Jake all the time, if I can't say it to you, who's going to say it to you? If I can't tell you, Hey, your breath stinks. Who's going to say that? If I can't say, Hey, your flies open. Who's going to say that? If I can't say to you, hey, you're doing this wrong. She's not the right one for you. This job's not the right one for you. Hey, don't buy that car. Or if I can say, hey, man, that's a great idea. You know, like Jake said to me, I don't want to go to college anymore. I want to go snowboard. So what did we do? We figured it out. I said, okay, but you're not just not going to work. If you're not going to go to college, you need to be career-minded and we need to start moving you on to something, right? And I think that's what you have to do. Just because you don't agree with it doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's wrong. I just think you have to, you know, you have to, you have to do that. Yeah. Um, 100%. I just, it's terrifying to me. It's terrifying to me. How many kids are out there by themselves because they can't talk to their parents? Man, that's terrifying to me. Yeah. Your generation had luxuries our generation doesn't have. Oh, like a ton, a ton. I And I think I really pride myself on trying to be a mentor um, and not just a, you know, not just a, a hammer. And I can be a hammer. Frankly, if we're being totally honest, I, I can be, I don't know if I'm ever oppressive with my advice that I give to you, but 
if I see if I see Jake doing something wrong, I'm I'm really quiet about it, or something I don't think is right, I'm really quiet about it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, a couple more, and then we got to go. Uh, Justin Sal says I have no free time. Three kids and a wife is my life. I love sports, uh, though I love running. Okay, let me ask you this question: What time you get out of bed every day? I'm not trying to be an asshole. What time you get out of bed every day? It's an interesting question because generally you will make time for the things that are important to you. Working out's the best example I've ever heard of this. And I'm in this spot right now. Like I I genuinely have time. I do. And I don't. I have time to go to the gym and I still don't do it. Because I'll say to myself, well, I hate working out at night. Like right now I'm in this place where from January through Hawaii, really, until I hurt my knee playing basketball, we were working out seven days a week. Which like is I, too much. I worked out but, every yeah. day, and I loved it. I love going to the gym. But now I'm in this in this growth mindset in my business. I haven't worked out in since September 25th was the last day I went to the gym. I looked on my fitness app this morning in the gym, yeah. or this morning in the bathroom. I looked at my fitness app. I'm like, I'm so pissed about it. And I made myself a promise this morning. Hey, when we move all this stuff to the studio because we're going to rearrange our basement and really build our gym back up. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I got to go to the bathroom. So. Jake's got to take a leak. Yeah. You know. Hey, let's all keep talking about this. You guys want to build a mastermind and talk business? We should do that. I mean, yeah. Eric, Eric C., you want to talk about business? Let's do that. Let's figure it out, man. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate these conversations. Uh, Monday from Maverick Center. We'll be in our studio on Monday. Until then, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.